to No Wall Scroll. We're back to talk about some more anime. It's what everyone's been asking for. Uh, people keep saying, why, why are you not talking about anime right now? And I keep saying, just wait. Um, I'm sure we will. And today it comes to fruition and we're talking about everyone's favorite, uh, <laughs> Tenchi Moyo again. But uh, uh, to do so, of course, I have to introduce uh, my co-host for, for this one. Uh, it's It's... It's Emily herself. Emily, welcome. Welcome back. Wait no longer, viewers. We're here. We're talking about more Tenchi Muyo. You're everyone's favorite. Certainly, certainly no one called and said, uh, <laughs> how dare you cover this anime? It ruined anime for me. Uh, things like that. <laughs> Uh, that that never got discussed, which is very exciting. I'm so happy everyone loved this as much as we did. Um I love no. to put people at gunpoint and discuss the uh, the the works of Mr. One Masaki Kajishima at them. <laughs> I will say, and this is something I'll return to a lot. This this time through of watching, uh, so we, we we're covering um, two OVAs, uh, one episode of one OVA, and then uh, Emily watched the other two, so uh, she'll she'll fill us in on the rest. But um, uh, one quick OVA, which is a Mahoshi special, which is sort of like a I don't know, feels like a little bit of like a almost like a Macross parody or I, I can't quite place it, but it's a parody of like, you know, uh, uh, science fiction, robot space anime. Um, and then um, the, uh, the pretty Sammy uh, OVA, which is a parody of um, uh, magical girl uh, stuff. I, I think what's really interesting about this is that um, they both really do uh, parodies of these things. And, in resituating the Tenchi uh, cast and sort of like constantly setting them up in this threes company style, like will he, will they won't they romance, uh, particularly between uh, Tenchi, Ryoko, and Ayame, um, they they really do. It really is like the sitcom of of anime. Like this is this is a sitcom. Um, I'm realizing this time around the Tenchi Moyo is in fact a sitcom, which it, it maybe is obvious to some. Um, but really comes as a massive surprise to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, like the original OVA series in particular uh, is, I couldn't tell you what it's trying to do, but it's clearly trying to do <laughs> something. And most of the, you know, uh, eventual like Tenchi Muyo shows, reboots, uh, what have you, they just lean all in basically on the sitcom aspect. Yeah, that makes it total sense. for them. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, like, I get that it's like a harem anime uh, and people people say that a lot, but like it doesn't quite feel that way. Like it never feels like, oh, Tenchi and his many women who love him. Like it's more like, oh, no, Tenchi has to deal with this again. And that's so much more of a of like an American style sitcom than than like a ooh like this. This hot guy has to deal like you know everyone wants to date him. Um, which I feel like is closer to like what people think of, or at least what I think of when I think of a harem anime like this, this much more feels like, uh, boy, you'd hate to be like, you'd hate to be the, the main character of any sitcom where there's like four women who want to date you, uh, cause it's awkward and everyone's upset. And that, <laughs> that's sort of like what's happening here. It's funny, but you're just like, boy, I'm glad I'm not that guy. Um, Tenchi is Carl Winslow and the rest of the girls are Steve Urkel. <laughs> That's that's so true. I was drawing a three's company reference in my own head, but this is so much closer to what we're actually viewing here. <laughs> uh, 
There would absolutely be an episode where he drinks a potion that makes him cool. <laughs> oh, Ryoko, I have to go. I can't, I can't hide out here anymore. I'm, I'm cool now. Ah, Tenchi, <laughs> I gotta head out. I go into the club. Don't know how to do Tenchi without doing um, Jimmy Carter, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, it, Again, voice acting completely beautiful. We we listened to the English dub. I mean, I did. I knew that I would get in trouble if I didn't. So I <laughs> I, I followed the rules. Um, but yeah, no, it really struck me this time that like uh, you know what we're watching in this in this is is very much just a just situation comedy. Even so far as concerns like the constant resetting. Like if you look up who marries Tenchi, it's like everyone eventually marries Tenchi. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, because like in a sitcom, there's not that kind of resolution. Mm -hmm. Like the only kind of resolution you get is like, you know, oh, the, the series ended and, you know, we get the sort of like, well, will we all stay friends? I sure hope so. Um, but like, you know, it's not until the series ends, you can't get that kind of resolution because it just it it completely neuters the plot line. So, uh, yeah, that, that was that was an interesting revelation for me. Um, also, interesting revelation is uh, how funny it is. Uh, that there's that one character with green hair and sort of an asymmetrical haircut who uh, just kind of shows up periodically, and I don't know who she is. <laughs> who is that, Emily? Uh, green hair, asymmetrical. It's the haircut. so she plays in the in the Mihoshi OVA. She plays Mihoshi's partner. And oh yes, in um, the in the other OVA, in the Magical Girl Sammy OVA, she's I believe it's the same character. Yeah. is working at the record shop with Mahoshi. Yeah, so that 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 is our uh I guess the the anime this is the animation debut of uh Kione, Mihoshi's partner. Okay, got it. So, in in the Mahoshi special, she's introduced and Mihoshi's like, "This is who I worked with and in the Galaxy Police. We were, you know, partner detectives or whatever." Yeah. And um <laughs> She's she's a new character. She was not in the original set of OVAs. Um, I was really hoping I didn't just miss something there. So that's good news that I right. didn't. Um, I like her a lot. I think she's great. Uh, I should be clear to the audience that this is not Mahoshi's uh, romantic partner. Uh, not because that wouldn't be in keeping with the show. It certainly would. Uh, but because um, she hates Mahoshi. <laughs> or uh, has a uh, very complicated relationship. Ye of little faith. <laughs> Miho well, Kyo okay. is real, my friend. In my heart, at any rate. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is one of those things that I can't quite follow, but I can respect nonetheless. Uh, no, I, you, you, you need to see you. I need to. I need to sit you down with Tenchi Universe because there's okay. A, okay, that's Universe is where uh, it's basically it's like the original OVA, but it's more of a sitcom, and also Kione is a major character in that one. Okay, well, and, I, uh, I'm sold on that. I like Kione a lot as a character, so I, I, I am, I am pleased she comes back. I love that in the in the Mihoshi special, she uh, as as they foil the uh, the evil Washu's plans, um, uh, Mihoshi crashes into her and she falls into an energy chasm. She's like, "I'll never forget your wonderful sacrifice." <laughs> very, uh, very uh, Lena inverse Naga the Serpent banter right there. Totally, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know who's Lena and who's Naga, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how do you want to how do you want to tackle these? Because they they are they're complex, but they're also quite simple in in their appeal. So um, I am I am at I'm you know 100 percent going to go along with what you want to do here. Uh, how should we how should we start? 
let's talk a little bit more about Kione since this okay. is her her debut. Great. So uh, Kione Makibi, she is uh, actually an OC of sorts. She is not in like the original OVA, like we mentioned. She was not created by the original creator Masaki Kajishima, though he did design her. Oh, good. Um, he uh, she is actually uh, a creation of the OVA's uh, co-script writer uh, Naoko Hasegawa, and she. I believe the story is that she has a uh, like Tenchi spinoff novel series that she did, and that's where the Kione character originates. Ooh, Tenchi novel series. Now that that's like equal parts intriguing and cursed. <laughs> Very much so. Um, um, but she has her spinoff novels, so Kione started there, and I guess part of the reason this got made is because Kione had gotten popular, so they were okay. like, well, let's do an animation where we get to put Kione in for the fans. Naturally, so, sure. Then they were like, hey, this is this is our chance. This Kione lady's a hit. Let's let's keep it going. <laughs> um, as for the Mahoshi special itself, uh, I will say um, on the VHS tape I have, it says <laughs> uh, on the back, please note that this is only a special episode. The characters, groups, and incidents depicted in Mihoshi's story are not related to the original series in any way. If you have questions, objections, or exceptions about it, please hesitate to ask. Thank oh, you. Cute. cute. Very, very cute. Very fun. Very fun little mystery science theater Ask, <laughs> you know, repeat to yourself it's just a show. I should really just relax. I, I really do. I, I do honestly appreciate the way that Tenshi essentially says, like, listen, you know how you morons like continuity? Um, forget all that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> continuity is dead. We'll be seeing uh, a lot more of that in the future. I really appreciate it a lot. I, I love I love that it's just like, hey, look, like these are just fun characters that uh, we're playing with. Um, if you wanted like uh, a steady set of continuity, there's like 800 enemies that do that. This is not one of them. <laughs> So Mihoshi, be or not Mihoshi, uh, Kione became uh, very popular just, I guess, because she works so well as a foil to Mihoshi. It's nice that oh, there's yeah, a great. no fun allowed, get serious here. And then that's completely and utterly deflated by just how much of a of a bumbler Mihoshi is. So she's she's our wonderful dumb friend. I, I just I love her so much. But I also I mean, I, I really yeah, their dynamic is great because it really is like. The first thing she says in the in the OVA is like, my life has gotten so much worse <laughs> since I was partnered with you. <laughs> but yeah, Mihoshi, be uh, Kione became very popular. She was in basically like most of the TV animes. I think she's in all of the uh, films, uh, all three of the films. Um, they should have they should have said uh, Kione will return at the end of this like they do with <laughs> James Bond. For real. Uh, just to make me feel a little better. I was like, I hope this strange woman returns. Now, you know, she's never actually in like the mainline continuity, like the, the OVAs that we watched and that are still going to this day. They never bring her into the fold. And if you want my uh, extremely uh, bullshit, I'm just joshing around, but maybe not opinion. I think it's because Kajishima is a little upset that, he, that she's popular and he didn't make her. Mm, I mean, so he makes he makes his own partner yeah. for Mihoshi, who is also a lady detective, but she's just like the anti Kione and she's like no fun. She's all <laughs> bitch, no fun. 
everyone's like, why don't you just use Kione? I hate this character. It's like, and no, even worse, she's great. Even worse <laughs> is that he uses the name Kione uh, for a different character for, uh, for for his version of Tenchi's mother because Tenchi has like four or five separate mothers depending sure, on your continuity. Course, yeah, much I, like I, Sasami, which we'll get into later. Oh my god, yeah, she has so many moms. Uh, one of them is also Tenchi's mom. Um, yeah, I have to say, I think you're absolutely right about. Um, him hating the fact that she's popular and he didn't make her, which is um, <laughs> as my new favorite character in Tenchi. I'm very mad at him about this. Uh, How rude. Normally, I don't have a lot to say about Tenchi voice actors, but uh, Kione is an exception. <laughs> you um, don't have much to say about <laughs> <laughs> Well, some, as in the actual the, performers. The oh, okay. I was going to say, this is some of the dry sarcasm we've been missing. Uh, <laughs> Performances, absolutely, could talk for days, but performers, <laughs> they're usually just some guy. Some guy yeah, who sure, did anime sure. in the 90s for this one studio, and then almost never again, except for when they dub more Denji stuff sometimes. But uh, Kione's voice uh, is uh, Sherry Lynn in English, who you have actually already heard before, <gasps> and you're probably going to have your mind blown a little bit when I tell you this, but Sherry Lynn is also the voice of Sasami. Oh, oh, very clever. That's pretty solid. So using using the two registers of her voice there, the low yes. register and the high register. So that's that's why it's it's masked so well. Kione is just so low in there. And I guess, you know, because she has to play such a, a childish high character in uh, in Sasami that it's it, it's masked extremely well. No, yeah, that makes sense. Like I've I've been on I've been on my bullshit about um just because I've been I've been like working from home a lot, so I've been on my bullshit about like just doing um listening to random things and a lot of uh, a lot of like old radio, um and so I've been listening to you know stuff like um uh, uh yours truly Johnny Dollar and stuff like that like old old serials and a lot of times when they get kids on it's very clearly a grown woman playing a kid. Mm -hmm. um so th this logic makes a ton of sense to me <laughs> <laughs> now would you be surprised to learn that sherry lynn's natural speaking register is actually much closer to sasami than it is kione oh my god <laughs> she's one of right? those where she just she's just voices children in like toys and commercials and and and, and cartoons and stuff hey i just guess like, her use, voice is that what you high. got that's like i i respect it like it it, it's I've thought of this a lot. Like, I don't know how many uh, women you've met uh, that several <laughs> who said I haven't very, very, very funny way. <laughs> I'm glad we had the same impulse. To say. <laughs> Just that how many women you met. Like, wouldn't it be funny if I didn't add anything there? Inst instantly picked up what I was putting down. Um, no, I don't know how many women you've met who have like extremely high voices. Um, it, like I, I it's been it's been only a few for me, like and, and not no, no one that I've known very well. Just like, you know, like people I've interacted with, the you know, the dentist or the doctor or store mm. or something like that. Oh, totally. I always think, I always think like, you know, that must be like, that must be a little awkward in the same way that like having an extraordinarily deep voice must be a little awkward and that like people are just like, wow, that's, that's very different than what I'm used to hearing. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's cool that Sherry Lynn just kind of like, it's like, no, actually, this is my thing. Like I, I, <laughs> I have, this is a power that I have um, <laughs> and that, that's cool. That's like, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I was reading up on her, and apparently she does, like, a lot of, like, you know, additional voices, like, no actual character credit, but, like, additional voices for, like, a lot of 
like big name like like Pixar movies and shit. Wow. Like I guess she's just in like a lot of crowd scenes for that kind of programming. That's that's neat. Good for her. That must pay real well, actually. It must. Because you're talking about like you basically they pay all the main actors and then they're like, okay, we have to flesh this out. And it's like you're not gonna get paid the same as, you know, like um uh, I don't know. Whatever B list comedian. Yeah. yeah like, but but you will get paid because um, you're working for you're working for the mouse at that point. So yeah, no, that that's that's pretty cool. Good for her. Um, I like I like this Sherry Lynn lady a lot. She seems really cool. Her Keone is really good. She's got this great level of exasperation and dryness to her. I like at the end of the at the end of the Mahoshi special where Keone is is stuck in the the wreckage of space, somehow able to breathe. We're not worried about it. Um, she says, Miyohe, I will kill you. She puts <laughs> her like whole bee, her whole diaphragm into that read. <laughs> so, I will kill you. It's so, so good. It's like so over the top. <laughs> exactly the correct line read for that oh yeah no as always i have to say like with, with no sarcasm intended the the tenchi the tenchi dub is is like really quite quite phenomenal like it, it just it i i don't know i'm sure i'm sure the i'm sure the japanese is also excellent like i i, I don't mean to besmirch anyone but i also think there's like something very specific happening that's good with the uh, with the dubs here yeah, um, especially for this batch of episodes, the cast mm. feel like they're really uh, comfortably uh, leaned into their characters. They're, they're yeah, really like, in like, the groove. I, absolutely. I think we talked about this a little with the first uh, OVA and that like it didn't always feel like they had a good grasp of who their characters were early on. Mm -hmm. like they were still working it out. And here it's pretty clear they have it like fully worked out. Ayaka would change her register all the time in her <laughs> debut episode. Yeah, Ryoko had a couple of really wooden line reads in the beginning. Which is shocking, considering, <laughs> considering where we get with Ryoko. <laughs> the great part about Ryoko is that even when she has done this for like three or four years, I also feel like I don't, I don't really know if she's ever done any more anime or if she just even at this point knows what anime is beyond Tenchi Muyo because it's still a completely alien performance of all things. <laughs> Tenchi? Yeah, she, she almost sounds more like it's like a... It's like, what does she sound... It almost sounds like she's in like a uh, like a 1970s, almost like not quite femme fatale, but like a money penny role. <laughs> like, I don't know why she, James Bond's on my mind, but apparently it is. She's in, she's, she feels like an FMV game actress. Yeah, there you go, that's right. <laughs> I mean, actually, a lot of these guys feel like FMV games. I would say, um, yeah, no, they, they, there's a lot of FMV going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the, in the Mahoshi special, we're, we're treated to, uh, we, we get to visit all our friends in the, in the canon world, I guess, for lack of a better word um of of after we got to the end of the other ova and everyone's living in tenchi's dad's house or whatever um yeah it's just a nice kind of lazy sunday type of day right every and uh everyone's trying to get stuff done except mihoshi and uh ryoko uh mihoshi has fallen asleep because she ate too big a breakfast um she's eating too much breakfast <laughs> I love, I love that, that like, Ayami says that to, in order to get everyone to be like, yeah, she's not working hard enough. And everyone's like, yeah, she ate too much breakfast. Lay off. <laughs> Whom amongst us? Has not eaten too much breakfast. Exactly. <laughs> we, 
isn't she a bit like you and me? Um, and then Mihoshi Ryoko... she fell asleep. She's she's the the intro of the OVA before we even like know that we're <laughs> we're we're back at hometown. Is her daydreaming like an, an amalgamation of a bunch of like uh, old fairy tales, basically? Oh yeah, like yeah half yeah, Hansel yeah. and Gretel, half half uh, uh, Snow White. I really liked that. That was good. Uh, all of this is is while uh, there's a really schmaltzy, shitty song playing that her voice actress is singing in English. Well, also, what's funny is if you do the um, if you watch the uh, the the Japanese uh, um, uh, version, it's in Japanese, and then if you watch the 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 English version, it's in English for some reason. Yeah, they, they dubbed great. the song. They're they, just like, that, yeah, that why is a not? Theme. Like, Incredibly important that we dub this song for some reason. <laughs> I d don't quote me on this because I'm not 100% sure, but the company that puts this, these these out, um, Pioneer, I I think they're like a, a Japanese like music brand. Some something about they do CDs or or, or cassettes or oh, I don't know. They, they have some sort of music industry thing in them, and I think they're you know because they're a little bit more involved with the English production side of things. That's why all the Tenchi Muyo stuff goes the extra mile and like bothers dubbing the songs. Oh, I love it. It was really, really great to like turn on the dubs and then hear that. It's like, wow, oh, okay. That rocks. And they actually, because uh, sometimes they'll have, especially in Tenchi Muyo's case, they won't have the actual voice actresses singing the songs uh, like they do in the Japanese version. Like Tenchi Universe has a very extremely, extremely funny um, ending song that is a duet between Ayaka and Ryoko. <laughs> and the English version it, it is not dubbed and it is or it is not dubbed by those voice actresses. They do get a professional singer, but it is not a duet. It's mm -hmm. very strange. It's very charming. Uh, I do like it. <laughs> but it doesn't quite have the, the voice actor power. But in this instance, they did get um, Mihoshi's voice actress to sing this song. Well, I think Mihoshi. I think Mihoshi's voice singer, actress has, yeah. a, has a good voice. I think. I think she does a decent job. Yeah, which shout is a big out part to Aaron, uh, Ellen Gerstel. I think is uh, is the Ellen Gerstel. Big, uh, big season one um, Saturday Night Live name energy to her name. Um, <laughs> that's very cool. I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I thought that was fun, and I also I really like the I like the fact that they they kind of use the the lack of tension that that we felt in the end of the the OVAs, where like all the like the the bad things had happened, so like there was no more tension. I appreciated that they were like, yeah, we're gonna do that again. Like, and and the the main tension here is uh, Ryoko wants to play Game Boy instead of doing chores. <laughs> Right, like it's it's still like we're still on fall break or whatever. There's yeah, no reason exactly. to worry about anything right now. Right, and so like as a result, the the reason we get a plot at all is because um, uh, Mihoshi wants to tell a story. Yeah, um, she she uh, after after waking up from her daydream, which uh, by the way, I just want to say. Uh, casting all the characters in her daydream as various people from from the uh, fairy tales. Like Ayaka being the Snow White witch with the poison apple, in a, which upon giving Mihoshi one, she absentmindedly eats one herself and immediately dies. So good. It really is like again, I, I can't emphasize enough. Yeah, okay. There's like if you're watching Tachimoyo, you're watching and you're going, okay. There's a lot about like there's a lot of current anime in this. Like there, you know, yeah, okay, fine. Like 
you could you could spot where a lot of the stuff we we enjoy and maybe some of the stuff we don't so much enjoy comes from. You also there's also just a lot of like good old fashioned humor in here. Like yeah, just, no, absolutely. There's the just gags some, are on there's, point. Yeah, there's just some good gags. Um and like it's important that that we recognize this. Um I think the 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 gags in her daydreams are really great. I do also think that the fact that she like just weirdly casts everyone in both her daydream and the story that comes up and then like insists, I think not because she's trying to cover up, but because honestly she can't see a distinction. <laughs> it says that they're all different people is very funny to me. Yes. Um, <laughs> like there's a part where um, she says one of them, I can't remember which one if it, uh, is, is like an old maid in the story. Uh, uh, they 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 get mad at her and she's like, no, it's just in the story. You're not an old maid. <laughs> I wasn't implying anything. I promise. And, and you believe <laughs> it was her like immediately. Oh man. Um, but yeah. So she 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 has this idea that she's going to tell the story of her her most uh, successful and uh, and um, uh, ambitious, I guess, case in the in the Galactic Police. Yeah, they, they, they've roasted her for being lazy. And she's like, I'm not lazy. I'm a decorated police officer, I swear. And they're like, are you, I mean, we've seen you do work, Mihoshi. Are you sure you're worth a damn? She's like, well, let me tell you the story of the, the ultra energy matter robbery. <laughs> I love Super deluxe fighting edition to turbo edition. I loved when when everyone's like, OK, well, what is ultra matter energy? And she's like, it's, the thing is, it's not anything. It's matter. That's also energetic. They're like, that doesn't mean anything. And she's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> very good. Look, the important thing is moving on. <laughs> <laughs> she also does the great thing of like where, where she's like, we, we had so many. Uh, then we, we set off across the universe, which bore with it many, uh, many struggles. <laughs> Ryoko's like, which struggles were those? And she's like, there were many. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so she tells the story of the time uh, her and her partner, our brand new character, Kione, uh, thwarted, thwarted the, the legendary Ultra Energy Matter heist. And in this, she again casts all of her friends as characters because it's easier to explain that way. Yeah, she, Ryoko is the is the thief, and she said, "I never did that." And she's like, "It's just it'll make more sense to Sasami if I do it this way." Look, you're you're an evil space pirate. This person was an evil space pirate. All right, respect my vision. Because her vision, I believe it. I it's it's almost completely not just implied, but said that this is like not true. Right? Yeah, like, no this this is this is as farcical as could be. Yeah, like probably <laughs> no. there was an ultra energy matter robbery, and probably Mihoshi did bungle it and leave Kione in a bunch of trouble. But everything else just feels like Mihoshi playing Mad Libs. Well, there, there's a part where she it's um because uh, so so Mihoshi's in it obviously, and and, and Ryoko, as we said, but Sasami's in it uh, as like the the apprentice. Uh, yeah, the like to, trainee detective slash secretary who makes slash people tea. maker. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a great scene where um, where <laughs> where they're going off to to track down Ryoko, um, and it's like the scene in um, in The Simpsons where everyone's going to Capital City. Uh, <laughs> and Bart, Bart's driving. Uh, it's it's with uh, it's when Principal Skinner finds out he's Armin Tamzarian, and they're all they're all driving like. 
Well, why is Bart coming? He's like, I have to find Principal Skinner and get him back. Well, why is Marge coming? I have to make sure you don't get in trouble. Well, why is Grandpa coming? Um, and uh, there's a scene like that in the spaceship where it's like, well, why is Sasami here? Well, because I need my tea. Well, why is she here? And it's Ayami, <laughs> and it's like, because he's my husband. It's just like, spaceship seems to keep expanding out so more people can fit. <laughs> Yeah, they've they've cast uh, Tenchi as like a, a senior detective who has gone missing on the on the legendary space pirate, not quite Ryoko case. Incredibly and, unbelievable uh, casting. No one <laughs> believes that Tenchi is capable. <laughs> and Ayeka, I guess, is his aggrieved fiance who is worried for his safety, but is also Ayeka. So she's like, see, she's so extra. She's so extra. Yeah, well, Ayaka's very worried that someone's going to go sleep with Tenshi, which, I mean, turns out fairly reasonable worry. Um, uh, Ryoko is there to be extremely aggressive about sleeping <laughs> with Tenshi, uh, as always. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, that does it does not make it does not make Ayaka happy, um, as as, of course, one might guess. Yeah, she she would go as far as to say uh, that she wants them to find that Ryoko and bang, bang, smash, smash, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze until she's finished. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's really uh, making Homer Simpson choking motions. <laughs> yeah, I think actually, like, it really is. Um, it really is true that like the the, the humor in this episode is reminiscent of like Simpsons humor in that like it is it is absurd it's vaudevillian in a certain way <laughs> it is uh, kind of vaudevillian yeah you're yeah absolutely there's like right there's elements that. like I think the fight between her and Ryoko where she's like swinging around her table and like hitting everyone else is like it's yeah it's vaudevillian it's fun at what point will they fall into the Springfield mystery hole <laughs> oh it's coming <laughs> Uh, I guess I guess Keone falls into the, the Springfield <laughs> mystery hole at the end. Of Unfortunately for her, it's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 pretty great. Uh, it, the, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing is is fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed what I uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about it was this the way that like. It sets up as a sort of like serious space opera kind of thing. And, you know, it's always a gag because Ryoko and Tenchi are the two people that are the kind of like central foils. Excuse me. But the um, the, the really funny thing about it is like it is it is this moment where, you know, you're thinking like, wow, well, this might be sort of like a, like a space story instead. And then immediately when everyone is meeting up, uh, you then cut to Tenshi and Ryoko just like having like uh, Kaiji style food in the middle of like, a room. <laughs> like two, just drinking sake and eating fried food. And, and it's like, yeah, no, this is this is just going to be funny. Like there's not going to be any any battles or anything. That's not what we're doing here. Yeah, like they're talking about going to like the the legendary like hideout of of space pirate Ryoka or whatever, and they get there and it's just like a random house that would be on any Japanese street. <laughs> yeah, and like you know she uh, then she's like, "Wow, this place is pretty nice." <laughs> she's like, "You think so? Oh, it's kind of old. It's all I can afford." <laughs> Very funny. I it's also, to the point where when they get there. Uh, they, they Mihoshi ruins the element of surprise by literally ringing the doorbell. <laughs> yeah, because she sees it and can't resist the 
the urge to touch the door. <laughs> it's rude not to announce yourself. <laughs> I love, you know, he's like, why would you do that? And she's like, I couldn't resist. <laughs> In Dexter's lab, what does this button do? <laughs> There is a real, there is a real DD quality to Mihoshi. That's true. <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, yeah. So, so they, they, they announce themselves because Mihoshi can't help herself, and they, in announcing themselves, um, essentially uh, begin this massive fight where, uh, where, where Ayaka can't help but to uh, savage Ryoko immediately. <laughs> Ryoko straight up calls Ayaka a slut. Just what are you doing, you slut? <laughs> very, very funny. Like, oh, always makes me laugh a lot when uh, people uh, use slut as an insult and it is not a like a sensible insult. Like, like you're calling someone a slut who is like, that's not a slut. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I, I very much appreciate that in this case, like. Ryoko was just trying to like ravage Tenchi and Ayaka comes in and is really proper <laughs> Ryoko's thing to to manage that is to call her a slut. Very, very <laughs> funny, very on brand. Um absolutely, absolutely a fan um of of, of that move by Ryoko. I, I had forgotten just like how how much the the Ryoko Ayaka banter truly feeds me. It's it's so uh rewarding to watch those characters go at each they're other so aggressively mean <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i mean and in this like i you do sympathize quite a bit with ayaka because um tenshi is pretty clear that he does not want to be having sex with ryoko um and ryoko does not care uh so in this it, it does seem like ayaka is looking out for tenshi on this one i have to i have to give it to her on that I mean, allegedly, she is the the fiance of of this of this mysterious detective Tenchi. Of because the she's an old maid, and if she doesn't if she doesn't marry Tenchi, she's out of luck. <laughs> um, yeah, so poor, poor 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 uh, story, Ayaka. Not not real Ayaka. Real Ayaka, because that yeah, that's who said it about. It was uh yeah, she, real Ayaka is not a uh, is not an old maid. No, it's absolutely not. Not, not at no. all. No, it would be awful to say that uh, she's she's a she's a new maid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, I guess they they through a fight, they capture Ryoko. Oh, yeah, right. Right. That's next. Yeah, there's like a there's like a twist where there's, you know, the man behind the man, which obviously ends up to be a mad, mad scientist, evil genius. Washu. Another really great. um uh, gag where uh, <laughs> she talks to Ryoko and is like, "Listen, I know I saw pictures of you because that's how they figure out that there's someone behind the someone because they look at old pictures and they're like, oh my god, look, it's it's mad scientist Mihoshi in in these you know beautiful like childhood pictures that we found. You, you used uh, to be happy. What what changed? Yeah, and <laughs> there's this great moment where Mihoshi says that to her. She's like." can't you help us find her? Like, I know you used to be like, you used to have a feeling of happiness. I can see it in this picture of you as a child. I know you were arrested for racketeering afterwards, but you must have had good reason. <laughs> um, and Ryoko's like, you know what? I will help you. I have changed. And I, I know that like that feeling that I had before has come back. 
and Miyoshi looks like lets her out of the cell. And the next <laughs> image is just a news report explaining that, that space pirate Ryoko has escaped uh, prison and <laughs> taken take Tenchi hostage again. All I could think about was like fucking like psychomantics. Like a, it's kind of nostalgic, isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Like just so funny to be like to have it to just have a moment where it's like, yeah, you know what? That's great. Like we'll we'll do the thing where where you become you become good again, and like yeah, and then it's like oh yeah, actually no, she's just really bad. <laughs> that's that's not happening. She just she, she totally. Kiyomi's <laughs> like, Kiyomi's like, God, the, I, I'm never gonna get promoted now. <laughs> like this is the end for me. Did you catch that the uh, the newscaster uh, was very clearly just Ayaka's voice actress pitching her voice down? Oh no, I didn't. That makes a lot of sense. No, now that I'm thinking about it, yes, that because <laughs> the it would be one thing if she was just pitching her voice down, but like because I guess like it's it's a newscaster role, she's like, oh, I should sound like you know proper for this. <laughs> so but I, that, so that just, I like, sound like I dip so close to Ayaka that it it totally ruins the Very illusion. <laughs> God, the space love... pirate Ryoko was caught today. I was like, oh, it's you. I know it's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty great. Though it's 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 a great it's a it's just a good like you don't you don't get to see anything. It's just the it's the it's the quick cut of wow, I can't believe like you know, this is so great that I was able to get through to you, and then instantly you hear the newscaster. <laughs> it's just it's so good. Um the English so... dub on that scene is also really funny because the I like I guess just the amount of information that has to be conveyed in English mm. and Japanese is that's such a gap because you can say so much more with so less in Japanese. Sure. Um, but it makes the rhythm of the newscaster scene feel really off because she's just going on forever and it takes <laughs> there's like a really big so awkward long. pause and then like Sasami or someone reacts. It's I, really good. It's so awkward. Like it's like they're all just sitting at it feels like it feels like um it almost feels like a contemporary kind of like cringe comedy scene where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, what happened? <laughs> Did my video player freeze? What's going on? <laughs> it's great. It's really good. Um, but yeah, then they have to get to then they have to get to the real uh, bad guy who was Washu. Um, uh, and and she has created a, a thing that will destroy the universe. She, oh. she traps them with like like literal flypaper, which is pretty good. Yeah, there's a that's a good. Yeah, you know, she's like, follow me, I'll get us out of this, and she walks them directly into a roach motel. Which which then like I guess Washu extracts them and crucifies them. Yeah, really, it's like I was I I tried to get a screen cap. I probably will, but it, it, like immediately, it's just like end of Evangelion has nothing on this. This is, this is, this is end of, end of Tenchi Muyo. Classic, uh, classic tokusatsu shenanigans, putting Ultraman or Kamen Rider on the cross. That's right. <laughs> Dying for our sins. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, really, really good. Um, and then the, <laughs> the device that is supposed to destroy the universe is also extremely funny. Um, like the ultimate matter destroyer or whatever. And it's just like a silly little robot that has two gigantic cartoon mallets that it just starts beating the fabric of the universe with until yeah, it breaks. Just looks like looks like some sort of like Dr. Wily uh, creation. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes the like uh, silly cartoon robot noises like th <laughs> this is a pretty deep cut. But one of the noises it makes is the same that Beck's robot makes in the big O. Like oh, it's yeah, good one. Yeah. Explicitly a comedy robot. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I really liked that because like it 
like the when you see the hands, which are like the the Mickey Mouse glove hands, it's like, oh, this is not a serious. This is not serious. Like <laughs> a deeply unserious invention. Get real, watch you. <laughs> but it does. It is very effective. It uh, it it creates like darkness, and whenever when all darkness is complete, then the universe won't exist anymore. Which I mean, if if I'm being honest, pretty good way to destroy the universe. Pretty good. Beats most and, everything Doctor Doom has done. They do they do the gag where it's like, but if but if you destroy the universe, then you won't have a place in the universe, Dr. Washu. And then that dawns on Washu and she's like, Well, never mind. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Very good. Just a excellent, excellent moment all around, honestly. Um Dr. Washu, uh absolutely um total queen. Uh <laughs> I like it when they when they go big with Washu. Like I'm not I'm not the hugest Washu fan. I know a lot of people who are, which I I mean I don't get it, but good for you. But when they swing big with her like this and make her do like really silly stuff, I'm on board. Yeah, no, I I I, I understand that. I I like I like Washu all right. I I will I'll agree with you that she, like she isn't necessarily my favorite ever, but um. She's a fine addition to the cast, but as far as like the rest of the Tenchi's girls go, they're like leagues above her in my rankings. Right. I mean, she she is she's purely incidental. Like I can't I can't seriously I I've told you that I find I find Tenchi romance with Sasami like extremely repulsive, and I, I can't I can't get anywhere near it without you know, just feeling <laughs> feeling like I need to turn it off. Like I I I was very worried about Magical Girl uh, Sammy because it starts with like. It seems like a romantic thing, which is like really weird. I and then they draw the fact the, oh, that in this continuity, Tenchi's her brother, so it's extra whack. Yeah, I hated it. And I was like, oh god, like I really don't like this. And then it's it's not really mentioned, in the, especially in the first episode, so I was okay. But the like, I really don't like that. But I at least like, it's on my radar that the the show might do that. Like you know, I'm right. not I'm not so naive to think that the show wouldn't do that. I like. Tenchi Washu makes zero sense to me, and I can't imagine that that's actually a thing they pursue. But maybe it is. <laughs> oh, and you you don't even know the the real crazy shit with Washu either. Like, I don't I don't think I'm ever gonna like make you sit down and watch like OVA two or OVA three. <laughs> but by the time of OVA three, we have hit maximum Xenosaga. Like, let's sit down and have a discussion about Gnosticism. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> That's who I trust. I definitely trust the the people who bring me Tenchi Moyo to talk to me about Gnosticism. It's so. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not going to say it's so good. No, it's That's not too much good. joy for OVA three. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's something. It sounds if you're like a Tenchi it's... sicko, you're just kind of rattling your 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 mug at the at the jail cell. I feel like I feel like there's a I feel like there's like if you if you kind of enjoy a certain kind of media or a certain brand of media uh, or even like a certain kind of like aesthetic. Um, you, you at some point have to experience a very bad um, translation of what Gnosticism is. Um, <laughs> like my version of this was um, uh, Harold Bloom's uh, <laughs> sci-fi novel. Uh, famed famed literary critic Harold Bloom had one sci-fi novel, and, and she's completely uh, dis disavowed called uh, "A Flight to Lucifer," um, and it really sucks. 
It's, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just, uh, my buddy bought it for me as a joke because we were both like English PhDs and, uh, it, it, like it's it's real dumb and it's about Gnosticism. Um, and I feel like that that did it for me. I, I definitely know what Gnosticism is a lot more because of, of Harold Bloom. Um, and I feel like, you know, if it's Xenosaga, if it's Xeno Gears, if it's uh, if it's Tenshi Boyo, you have to get a sort of thing that for better or for worse uh, does kind of an OK job to a very bad job of telling you what Gnosticism <laughs> is. Oh, man, I'm just imagining the future, like maybe two or three years from now, where somehow I'm getting DMs from you about OVA3 of Tenshi Muyo, just increasingly distressed. What a wonderful uh, future that would be. (laughs) God. Why did we do this? There's so many other shows. I told you we should have done Universe. Why did I say OVA3 would be funny? (laughs) That's I mean, that's that's always my downfall. And I, I feel like most people I, I record with uh, have this have this as well. So it's it's all of our downfalls where like doing a bit is the funniest possible. Thing. Right. <laughs> so it's like, well, if we're not completing the bit, we're not really doing it right. Um, it's one person has to say, I really wish you'd complete your Tenchi Boyo rewatch. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> you heard the audience. Like we've already uh, fallen victim to the bit at least once where I had like a bunch of concrete options and then I thought, what well, would it it would be really funny if I pulled out the old Mr. Burns mystery box. <laughs> the box. The box. <laughs> and then that that was the really good OVA episode we had. So oh, that was the really yeah, out. that was great. That was really good. Um Yeah, so who knows? Keep encouraging the bit is what I'm saying. <laughs> The bit, the bit has helped, has has uh, you know nourished us in the past and will nourish us in the future. I so I like uh, the thing. I guess there's not much more going on in this one, although I do appreciate that. Um, uh, pretty Sammy, a uh, magical girl Sammy shows up in this one. Yeah, to, to light our darkest hour. Uh, Basically, suddenly... shows up in the trash compactor from uh, from A New Hope. Yes, Rio Oki all of a sudden uh, speaking uh, God's English says, <laughs> you have to transform so into pretty Sammy now. <laughs> I, okay. I, I had no idea what was going on. I was so upset. <laughs> why, why is Rio Oki doing that? Rio Oki doesn't do that. <laughs> Absolutely just threw me for a, a total loop. Um, but it's okay. That's what happens. Rio Oki talks now. Um, and Ryoboki says, turn into magical girl, Sammy, which in this, in this instance is very funny because it feels like such a non sequitur, but also knowing that the, the next OVA is that, uh, made, made it even a richer experience for me. Right. Um, And there's also, uh, there's also precedence for it because, um, I mean, there's not much left to talk about in the OVA. Pretty, pretty Sammy does her, has a transformation sequence and saves the day. And, Mihoshi finishes telling her story, but everyone else has fallen asleep and only Ryooki is listening to her. Naturally. So no one gets to hear the end of the story. Very good. Very funny. Washu burns some fish. Forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was a I... good moment. Uh, <laughs> I was like, burning fish? What? Wait a minute. And then it, it cuts out like of the narrative fish. and back into the real world. <laughs> very, very fun. Yeah, of Playing course. Playing the no, stuff. This is a really fun OVA. I, I, I like this one a lot. If it, like, I would say... Listen, like uh, for archaeological value, I think Pretty Sammy is worth worth checking out, and it, it is it is fun. But I think this is this is definitely my favorite of the two. Uh, yeah, Mihoshi special is a winner for sure. Yeah, it's and, really. I good. mean, like 
it speaks to the power of like Mihoshi's popularity and Kione's popularity mm. that an entire Mihoshi special was made. Oh, and I mean, like, honestly, it it it, it does this the sense of humor that Tenchi does so well, like really, really well. Like, Absolutely. It's it, it, it's like it's that whole uh, irreverent kind of like we don't know if we're being serious thing that Tenchi does so well is like really on display here. Um, so I would say. If you're looking to watch a Tenchi OVA, this is a this is a good one. If you like it when the Tenchi characters are like treated as if they're like Looney Tunes or Muppets, it's it's a one it's one you should watch. If you like when the Tenchi characters are treated as serious romantic objects, uh, please stop listening to the show and uh, <laughs> <laughs> report yourself to the nearest FBI office. Uh, you, you sicko. Uh, no, I don't mean that. You should still listen to the show. <laughs> you should probably still, you know, turn yourself in. So the credit sequence to the Mihoshi special. Uh, what did you think about uh, the little pretty Sammy AMV? Okay, I had mixed feelings. Because <laughs> this is where this is where the like I love Tenchi and I'm I'm like the Sasabi loves Tenchi bit starts and I hate that. I'm on record as hating that. Um, I, of course, also, the problem with it is that it also had, like, quite a funny element to it. Like, there's a lot of, like, in in the thing, like, Ryoko shows up and Sammy is mad because, like, you know, Tenchi's looking at her or, like, Ayaka's on the beach and she looks good in a bathing suit and Sammy's mad about that. And it's like, okay, well, that, okay, it, it is funny. Like, that's funny in a certain way. But then if it's, like, if you're thinking, like, but is it funny that it's like a 10 year old doing that then no. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's a tough one for me. How did you like it? Did you like it? Uh, I think it's fun. It's actually the Genesis of the pretty Sammy character period. Is that right? This uh, ending sequence is taken from a, a series of videos they did called Tenchi Muyo sound file where there would be um, basically just like Tenchi Muyo AMVs uh, like officially produced. The like, song is extremely catchy. I have to, I have to give it to whoever wrote this song. It is <laughs> incredibly catchy. Um, and it's honestly, extremely good that Sherry Lynn can't sing to save her life. Yep. That too. <laughs> Sunday. Uh, maybe it's okay. <laughs> thirsty. Some they have some drink. <laughs> Like you guys really did not try very hard on this translation. It rocks. It rocks so hard. No, the song's great. And like honestly, you know, it's I I I can get I can get past the Sasami stuff insofar as like I recognize when it's like uh you know like um oh what's the it's like a that girl sort of thing. Like it's it's essentially a sitcom uh, the trailer again or a sitcom ending or beginning or whatever where like it's just like oh the hero of the thing is dealing with all the problems oh what's gonna mm-hmm. happen to her next um and it that like it it was really well done like it, it even the animation felt like a little a little higher quality yeah the the sound specials would the, they would vary like sometimes they would be like this where the, it's the entire like it's produced for the song animated sequence. And then sometimes it would be like, you know, an AMV where they just use clips from like the OVA. And then sometimes it would just be like a mix between the two, or there would be like new illustrations, but not mm. new animation. Interesting. Um, there's a really funny one. Uh, it's an Ayaka character song 
where uh, uh, interspersed with like clips is uh, new illustrations of her like in a dominatrix outfit trying to do <laughs> S&M on Tenchi. But it's all played like super goofy. Like they're like they're like chibi half the time. And she's like clearly enjoying it way more than him. And she's like going mad with power the whole time. It's very funny. <laughs> I like that. That's really fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, like this is like set like it's 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 its own idea of what a pretty Sammy show would be. So it's like not even like in line with this pretty Sammy from the Mihoshi special or the OVA pretty Sammy or anything. Because it's got unique elements like um, the villains in this little music video are like Kione uh, and right, yeah. like the the pickle nosed guy from early in the OVA and some other yeah, dude. Just, just and like they're doing a, yeah, like a, a Team Rocket time bocon thing. I did. I did really like about about the the bad guys of this one that they do the classic like it's not even necessarily a pretty girl thing. Because I realized that like I don't have enough of a cultural. Um, footprint for pretty girl shows so like i'm i'm missing out a little bit on some of the the jokes here some of the gags mm. um but i did i did recognize enough because i've watched i've watched i've watched a little bit of pretty cure with uh with my daughter and you know my I, like everyone i've seen a little bit of sailor moon um but like it it really like the the thing at the end where all the the villains and the heroes are together posing um very much uh like what i recognize from that from that genre yeah like sasami has her own like super cool special move in this mm -hmm. that we don't get to see again um honestly the tone of the the amv here is uh not quite but a little bit closer to the eventual uh pretty sammy uh, tv show okay interesting otherwise known as magical project s in u.s markets <laughs> Actually, I'll get into that story now. Um, so do. this this OVA or the the, the OVA we're going to cover here in a second, uh, Magical Girl, Pretty Sammy, um, yeah, three episodes. Um, it it it's only three episodes. It's it's, its own setting, its own whatever. Um, they, three three they small would movies. Go back. <laughs> yeah, basically. They yeah, because the later two episodes are like fifty minutes, basically. The they first one's on. forty. Like, because <laughs> yeah, I always think like, oh, they'll be like. You know, maybe not twenty-two, but thirty, and then I go back to him like, "Wow, these these feel long." Oh, fifty minutes. What the? Yeah, the Mahoshi special. I was like, "Okay, this is like a perfectly." It really was a perfectly timed OVA, like it correct was length. Yeah, absolutely perfect length. It, it is, and I, it, you know, I've I've calmed down since I've stopped going to shows as much, but I used to be obsessed with uh, things being the correct length, and I'd get really mad <laughs> if bands played. Like, I think I saw Rancid one time and they played for like an hour and a half. And I was like, that is so stupid. They're a punk band. They need to play for 45 minutes at most. <laughs> People are like, why are you complaining Real? about extra music? And I was like, nope, you're wrong to say that. It's actually good <laughs> when they don't play as much. And I think that's true still. And I think that uh, the, the Pretty Sammy uh, or I'm sorry, the Mahoshi special absolutely gets that. Absolutely. But the uh, the the magical girl, pretty Sammy, three episode OVA. They would later, I go back to this idea of what if what if pretty Sammy, but magical girl, for a later TV show that is also just called Magical Girl, Pretty Sammy. Only it's a twenty six episode television anime. So when that was released in America, they retitled the TV show to Magical Project S, 
Because those Magical Girl Pretty Sammy OVAs that were put out in America sold like dog shit. They sold terribly. I can't believe it. <laughs> There's actually a really big gap in production between them two. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't go this far into the research, but like my, my gut says maybe they were released like close to on par with the Japanese releases. So the first episode that, that, that you and I both watched um it's fine but then the next two is after like a big production change happens in the oh. tenchi muyo dubbing setup oh, to where there's like a couple of new actors and a couple of recasts and uh so you have like mihoshi and kione and pixie misa and shihiro all changing voice actors between uh, oh, episodes really? one and two i don't like the idea of mihoshi's voice actor changing i'm glad i didn't watch the other two yeah um there's like a a, a pretty major shakeup. So Kione goes from Sherry Lynn to uh, Wendy Lee, which I mean, like, fine. That K Wendy Lee is a fairly like I'm a very popular voice actress. Has a lot of big roles, you know, Faye Valentine, Cowboy Bebop, that kind of thing. Oh sure, um, yeah, yeah. Prolific in the industry. Uh, unfortunately, a little controversial these days. But oh uh, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a thing where she um she played a character in Bleach. And then that character, like when they did the new Bleach anime, that character got recast uh, to a woman who was actually the skin tone of the character. Oh, we'll and, say. and she didn't appreciate that? Yeah, and then and then she got unrecast, so it went back to Wendy Lee, and Wendy mm. Lee was a bit too happy about that. And oh, was caused some yeah. social media drama. I don't love that. That's a bummer. I, yeah, like, I was going to say, is it is it like weird stuff like that? Is it the one is it the weird thing that could be anything or is it weird uh, gender stuff that they don't that they're like weirdly regressive on? Um, no. Like, yeah. It's those just, are the it's... two things that voice actors like get controversial for. Either they they are like very serious, like John Cleese people where they're like, I can play any race. <laughs> like it's it's fun. right. It's, it's comedy. Or they're like, you know what? How many genders there are? I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god! Please Apparently, it had kind of been like an industry, like known in the industry, but not so much in in the wide open space. That Wendy Lee is kind of a prima donna, so this was not out of nowhere, as uh, it seemed. That's amazing uh, to be a prima donna as like a voice, like an English dub in anime. Like it's. It feels like being a prima donna and like, um, I, I, like I, and I'm trying to think of a good example because it's not like it's not like there aren't good dub actors. It's just that it's such a disrespected space or sort of. Yeah, like, right. Uh, and like, you know, to, yeah. to give credit to her, she was one of the ones who had been around in the anime dubbing industry basically since the beginning. Like she was doing stuff for like streamlined pictures and shit and, and right. still, you know, prolific to this day. So, I mean, like. She has industry cred. I just wish she was a better person. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a shame. Um, you know what? It, but, it, it just keeps happening that way, huh? Like with uh, what's yeah. his face, the guy who did the uh, God, what's his name? Um, he was in. Um, he was in Death Stranding. I can't remember his name, but he's like a video game guy, uh, and he, he put out like a big thing where he was like, you know, oh well, Hideo like, Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I hate that guy. Uh, now it was a voice actor in there, but he did. He did. He Jeff Keighley. Yeah, there, there it is. It's Jeff. Oh God, I wish he'd get canceled. Um, no, I don't. I don't wish anyone had a, like a, a victimization story, but I don't like Jeff Keighley. Um, More like the Gay Awards. 
Yes, yes, that's how he can get canceled. <laughs> he could say slurs. No one's hurt that way. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think like the the um, uh, Troy Baker. That's who it was. Troy Baker. Uh, oh, he, yeah. he put out something where he was like, it was basically like a long rant where he's like, and I think it was about like whether he could play black characters or not. And it's like, man, oh, oof. yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I understand how like long-term voice actors have their brains break so badly, but you know, it may, it may just be because they're in uh, a fairly like um, precarious field and, and they just, they just kind of lose it after a while. I, I just finished uh, a big rewatch of uh, all of the Powerpuff Girls and just like Ooh. the whole Tara Strong thing just has me like, oh, oh man, this yeah. is so sad. This is such a good performance. <laughs> I hate this. I hate that this actress is fucking crazy. I mean, she's mostly crazy because of what now? Zionism? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that, okay. That's the one these days. But she had already put enough foots in her mouth, feet in her mouth. For, oh, she's for a great voice actor, things. though. Like I've I there's a ton of Tara Strong stuff that I think is great. Like even even the stuff that like is not fashionable because like, you know, my my daughter watched like all of uh, when, when she was younger, watched all of like My Little Pony. And man, she does great voice acting. <laughs> Truly. Absolutely. It's really good. Uh, she's great. in uh, superhero girls and, and Powerpuff Girls. I mean, my God. But yeah, she's uh, she's out of her mind too. So that's tragic. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, but not us. We're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, all the time. All the time. We only have good opinions. Uh, so yeah, I think I think the you warned me early about Magical Girl Sammy, um, and I think you were correct to to sort of warn me about it. But I also think you were right then to DM me and say. Uh, it's better than I thought because it is. It does have the quality of being like it's a little goofy and it's a little more. It's a little harder to recommend than Mihoshi, but it's still doing that fun parody thing. It's real loosey goosey. Oh yeah, <laughs> the uh, the villains in this one are uh, Aika and um, Ryoko turned into giant love blobs. Um, I mean, it's it's very Lucy Goose. <laughs> <laughs> so so pretty Sammy, uh, the OVA, uh, basically uh, it's it's a reimagining Tenshi and Sasami are siblings in modern everyday Japan. Uh, I guess I guess modern 90s Japan specifically <laughs> um, modern that, having a record store Japan. <laughs> yeah, having a record store. The second episode is all about uh <laughs> Uh, micro hard wind blows. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, reading the, reading the synopses for those episodes was um, harrowing in a certain way. <laughs> it's like, I hope Emily didn't hurt herself too bad watching these. <laughs> like, no, they they were actually way better than I remembered them being. Because <laughs> nice. like in my head. Because when I first watched this, I didn't necessarily gel with it very well. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was like, well, that's whatever. I can see why the American tapes didn't sell well enough for them to rename the second show or whatever. But um, then when when I watched the the TV show uh, Magical Project S, I was like, oh, this is like this is way more my speed. I'm really enjoying this. So the OVA is fine because it brought me this TV show, which I really like. Right. But revisiting the OVAs had me going, wait, are the OVAs good? good? <laughs> and they might be. <laughs> the, 
the 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 hot button question we've all been wondering is this it, good as much as you can like fully enjoy a three and a half star production i would say <laughs> three and a half star seems right and not and again not because of the performances of the actors in it i think the performances of the actors in this are great <laughs> with one notable exception uh who's that uh misao slash pixie misa awful, i thought was awful work i I thought it was a bit at first. Me too. Me too. I was like, oh, this is her being funny. And then she never changes it. You're like, oh my God, what is this? I don't think I'm feeling very good right now. <laughs> so good. Why, why is this happening? What is going on? So, yeah, it's um, uh, Sami and Tenshi in modern day Japan, and they have um, a mom who runs a record store. And within the record store, uh, Mihoshi and Kione work as part time employees. Um, Sasami has a little best friend. Uh, her name is Misao. Um, and the magical girl aspect is that uh, in the far, far, far away kingdom of Jirai Helm, uh, there is to be a new queen, and it's uh, choosing between Tsunami, who we had met in the original Tenchi Muyo OVA, and uh, a new character, Ramia. And Tsunami seems to be getting uh, the upper hand, so uh, oh, yeah. she, she, I guess she's like in line for the throne, but also it's like a contest or whatever. So she has to choose, I guess, like a herald to do good on the world. So she chooses Sasami to be her magical girl. I was so confused because I thought it was like, I thought she was setting up a, like a, um, a rival or someone she had to fight. And then it was like, no, it's like, she likes Sasami. I was like, what? Yeah, the rivalry comes in when Ramia, who is mad that she was not chosen as the next successor of Jirai Helm, she chooses um, a, a new magical girl and she sends her little brother Rumia, who can transform into a bird yep. to like find a suitable host. And that is me. Uh, that is Misao, who is Asami's like sickly friend who gets hypnotized into being the occasional dark magical girl pixie Misa. I love I love how sickly she is. It's so ridiculous. Like. As as far as like that generic anime thing, where just like I guess every every schoolgirl in Japan is just prone to extreme bouts of anemia. Yeah, like, unfortunately, it's so funny. unfortunately, we all know that one girl who has a wasting disease. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so bad. Like she's just like it, uh, uh, Sammy's just playing uh, playing sports, and she's like, you can always count on me. And it's like she's like you know she's just doing she's she's having fun. She's like. She's she's great at sports. She's like super charming. And then it's like, oh, oh, no. Like her friend is sitting by a tree and can't move. <laughs> like, yeah. My doctor says I'm not supposed to get too much sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm acting too well Your for the delivery that, that this character gives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it was weird. That was a very strange, a strange uh, performance. Again, like it felt like she was doing a bit. It really like I was like, okay, well, when's the other shoe gonna drop on this one? So when when I watched the the second set of episodes, episodes two and three of Pretty Sammy, and the production shift happened, so we got like the 2.0 Tenchi English dub cast. Mm. I was um, both relieved and depressed that they recast Pixie Misa slash Misao. 
Because she on had, the one she hand, had her chance. <laughs> on the one hand, extremely funny, uh, not good performance. On the other hand, it flourished within specifically within the confines of a Tenchi Muyo dub. Yeah, no, it was it was very funny. And like I think I think really the fact that most of the Tenchi Muyo dub is very good um makes it that makes it that much more forgivable when there's a bad performance like that. It's like, okay, all right. <laughs> We got plus we got Ayaka. Like, that's fine. Like by the end, uh, when she was actually transformed into Pixie Misa and had to like go a bit bigger, a bit grander, she was kind of getting more comfortable with voice acting. Mm-hmm. So I kind yeah. of wanted to see her journey. Um, I looked her up. I, I believe her name was Sue Turner Cray or Sue Cray Turner or something like that. Um, I think she had exactly two voice acting roles. Not her, listed. not her, uh, her eventual <laughs> life path. That's, that's okay. No. It's okay. It's all right. In the, uh, in the cast shakeup, uh, the role of Misao slash Pixie Misa goes to a uh, veteran voice actress on cartoons, anime, video games, etc. Uh, Debbie Derryberry. Oh, okay. Who, um, I guess at this point, most famously was, uh, jimmy neutron would be the thing everyone would know yeah that's that's pretty famous that's a that's a Um, that's a big one uh i guess uh what comes to my mind immediately though is when she plays uh raiden's kid at the end of metal gear solid 4 (laughs) i don't know why that of all roles oh that's debbie derryberry that's that's her oh yeah it's raiden's kid But she she plays uh, Misao and Pixie Misa. Uh, she's a very good voice actress. Um, oh she, yeah, she no, absolutely. Brings a lot of fun in, in the episodes two and three. She's great. Uh, she also was already on the Tenchi Muyo cast list to begin with, because she provides the voice of um, like Cat Rio Oki, like when the normal oh. Rio Oki who does all the like uh, meowing. And I think she I think she's also the mascot Rio Oki like you got transform into pretty Sammy Rio Oki so so it's a very funny Rio Oki <laughs> the the mascot Rio Oki I think it's very funny that uh for the magical girl show they were like no the 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 cabot has to be a boy it would be it would just make more sense for a magical girl show <laughs> if the partner was a boy I, I was it was so upsetting when, when when they when he started talking for the first time in, in the in the uh, in the uh, Mihoshi special, like, like oh, Rio no. Oki's jump scare. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's really like the, the just the worst. Uh, but I mean, listen, it's a uh, genius. Genius sometimes upsets people. Uh, how do you how do you feel about uh, Sasami's mom, Chihiro? <laughs> I love her, of course. Good. Chihiro is an extremely fun character. Her only, uh, her only ability, her only like um, seeming uh, element is that she um, uh, loves to sing and constantly. It is her entire raisin dealer. That's all she's good for. I love, I love how she wakes up and 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 Sammy, uh, uh, Sasami's like. Hey mom, like maybe we could, you know, do this or and she's like she just starts. Not singing. now, honey, I'm in the zone. She's like, Oh, we're we're doing this now, huh? Okay. <laughs> and then she starts Sasami joins her for a duet, and it's very cute. It is cute. 
I really like Chihiro. Um, she gets some really fun bits in the second and third episode of the show. She her, her karaoke obsession somehow gets like cranked up even further, and she just <laughs> at some point she just turns into Daffy Duck. Like it's so good. <laughs> it. I mean, it's 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 very fun stuff. I, I have to admit, like the just like the the utter joy of constantly constantly singing is um i don't know it's hard it's hard to not enjoy yeah she's big into anka ballads so like everything <laughs> she does is always like so fraught <laughs> with emotion like unnecessarily so so it's very funny watching the tenshi moyo dub and i was afraid he wouldn't do moon riffer but bam second encore <laughs> Uh, Chihiro is voiced by also uh, Ellen Gerstel, uh, Miyoshi. Oh, so okay. if you if you can tell, they kind of have similar line reads, but I, I think she does a good enough job of masking it to where it's not immediately very obvious. Yeah, I didn't um, I didn't hear it uh, like off the bat that that I can. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, musically, uh, she is dubbed uh, by like an actual like uh, singer, like not not Ellen Gerstle this time. Uh, so when she does her, her big number, she's someone else um, in the big cast shakeup for the later two episodes of the OVAs. Uh, Chihiro is recast because Ellen Gerstle leaves the production. So um, the Ellen second Gerstle Mihoshi leaves the production to uh, be a recurring guest on Laugh In. <laughs> it's like very very old hollywood name i'm sorry very it's, much so yeah the the second mihoshi is played by rebecca forstadt uh also known as uh reba west who uh most famous claim to fame i would say is voicing uh lin min may in the robotech adaptation of macross oh okay um also uh notable in that uh in that role as Min May, she they do have Alan uh, Alan Gerstle, uh, Rebecca Forstadt sing her own songs. Oh, and um, it's admirable <laughs> in Robotech. She's not uh, a singer, but she does the best she can, and it's charming. What an odd, what an odd thing to have songs to sing in Robotech too. <laughs> not uh, not something I really recall from my enjoyment of Macross the uh, the songs, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, in the second OVA, she sings a different song and she's dubbed over by someone else. But in the third OVA, the song she sings in the second OVA, they do let Rebecca Forstadt actually sing that version. So if you wanted to hear a secret Min May Enka ballad, watch the third episode of Pretty Sammy. You're you're like you're you're speaking my language here. Secret Enka <laughs> ballad. Um, maybe I'll find myself watching the, the third episode of Pretty Sammy. I like, you gotta watch the second one too. On I think you specifically would get a lot out of the okay, second okay. one. Okay, okay. I will. I will watch these. I will watch these. I. I I'm committing to it. Um, <laughs> I think like I. I do like. You know. I like that in pretty in the pretty Sammy OVAs. You, you kind of get this. This. I don't know. Like there's this. There's this element of the show that is. That is like okay. We're gonna do. We're gonna do like. Um. Uh. Japanese school life, right? Like, uh, we're going to do the thing where it's, it's, you know, everyone's in a uniform and we're all going to school and, and we're, we're trying to like dealing with the fact that one of us is class president and stuff like that. Like the, the things you yeah, see they in, start like, dealing with the tropes of it, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Which is something that hasn't been explored in Tenchi Muyo what, too terribly much. There no. was that very funny girls manga sequence in the, uh, in the festival episode. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it, it really is like it really ends up being this like this version of um, 
I don't know, like this version of uh, a, a school anime. And um, they they sort of then immediately break that by making it very Tenshi Moyo too. Like, you know, the, the characters are way too bombastic to be to be in a school anime. <laughs> Like yeah, I, it really, I think, shows the strength of like, shit, maybe they were right to continuously like reboot these and like treat, treat, treat these like they're Muppets, basically, like the cast is Muppets. They, you can do Tenshi Muyo Treasure Island. You can do Tenshi Muyo Christmas Carol. They were totally correct to do that. No, I, I, I completely <laughs> agree. It is like it, it really like it. It thrives as a as a series that that's like, yeah, we're. We're doing uh, we're doing like a totally new thing because these these guys are just tropes like these guys are simply simply figures that we like to uh, that we like to deploy sometimes. Um, no, it's great. It's like it, it, it really does work quite well. <laughs> I got really excited because I, I had forgotten that like Ayaka and Ryoko were like in these at all, because in the TV show, the TV show, Pretty Sammy Pretty basically jettisons Ryoko, Ayeka, oh, no. even Tenchi is not part of the show. <laughs> they yes. I think they all have like an episode, maybe two, but like they're not major fixtures in the cast. How are you going to convince me to watch a show that isn't that doesn't have Tenchi getting punched from both sides of his face at least twice? <laughs> all right, here here's your constellation. In the Pretty Sammy TV show, uh, Mihoshi is Sasami's uh, homeroom teacher. Oh, that's really good. Okay. <laughs> I'm back in. <laughs> I mean, in that way, it totally is like the Muppets. That's a, it's a fantastic analogy because it's like, well, what is Sam Eagle in this one? <laughs> like, where will I, where will Gonzo be? <laughs> it is the American way. <laughs> uh, Sam. Oh, it, it is, is the, the Jirai Helm way. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> Just imagining Tenshi <laughs> singing, this is it, light the lights. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Matt K. Miller's middle name, the, the K is Kermit. It all comes together. I mean, he sure sounds like it. Um, yeah, no, it, it it's like this, this bunch of, I mean, this particular OVA, like, I think absolutely emphasizes the way that this is basically like a, a, a mobile sort of like, um, you know, a set of uh, how to say this, like basically a set of like uh, uh, movable, uh, movable shelves of like a character. Yeah, like, it really like it, it's fun. It's it's really neat. Um, and it's I think, fun to see Ryoko and Ayaka basically like be in one of the Project Aiko sequels. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and and like just. I seeing how good it how like well it works too like to just be like oh yeah this rocks like this is this yeah, is like, it feels so natural so right yes like of course Ayaka would be like the delinquent girl who gets into fights like that just or not Ryoko, Ayaka, Ryoko would like, be excuse me the girl. class president I know yeah Ayaka is like the the insane Biko type where she's got like a bunch of cronies and money to throw her around her henchman cracked me up they're so good. They get a lot of play in the uh, third OVA. Nice. I really, I really liked how they also like called her out on on like sexual uh, ideation of Tenchi. <laughs> like, I get a feeling, a feeling where? <laughs> Shut up. I like. 
I like when she just like casually decks that one and like knocks her like eight feet backwards through the wall. <laughs> she's got like this weird cyber chair that she's using in the beginning of it where she like leans out of the like eighth story in the classroom to be like, Tenchi, Tenchi, hello. I mean, in that way, it's, it's extraordinarily Biko. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, absolutely. Biko, Biko to the max right there. Um God, it's, it's her, really funny. Her, when, when, when her uh, cronies are pulling like the, the Japanese style carriage for her, um, <laughs> it, it hit me like, are they making an Aruse Yatsura joke? Because um, Mendo's little sister um, is also uh, always pulled by a, a carriage full of like her. her, her oh, that's great. Uh, like, like Japanese butlers and stuff. Oh, that's too but funny. The irony of that is that Mendo's little sister is named Ryoko. <laughs> Oh, really? So Ayaka is, in fact, like playing sort of a Ryoko role. And I think that's funny. That's very funny. No, I like that a lot. Actually, <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, no, it, it's like I, I, I honestly there's like there's so much going on in these that like just I don't know, just really works, I guess, for lack of a better word. I like word. the fact that Sasami's really concerned that turning into a magical girl uh, with an outfit like that, she will be instantly recognizable to literally anyone with half a brain cell. <laughs> Ryoko should have just been like, no one here has, has a functioning brain, Sammy. Like, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> They're, she has the nightmare where they're like, oh, oh, Sasami, you're, you're, you you want building C for the cosplay convention. What are you doing? <laughs> what a what a funny outfit. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm pretty Sammy. <laughs> Who's that? Actually, you know, all the outfits in this are really good. I think Ayaka and Ryoko look fun in their uh, in their high school uniforms. I do. I like that. I like that Ryoko instantly just is like, oh, Tenchi, check this out. And like. The only the only thing she can even think to do is like show him her panties, right? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. That, that adds up. That's what she would do. <laughs> it's it's her it's her gym bloomers for for gym uniform. So like, <laughs> of course. Um, I, I like gross. I like Kione. What did you say? She's she's in a Mets uh, jersey. It's so good. <laughs> Let's go Mets, baby. Love the Mets, but she's also wearing a Joker. It's a very strange look. And she's got the apron too for the uh, cashier thing. Uh, it's it's a I mean amalgamation it's, of nonsense. It's a fantastic '80s anime look. Like I mean, you you'd expect to see like a Twitter account called like '80s aesthetics and like '80s <laughs> anime aesthetics that posted that. Like it because it, it truly for like real. honestly, it is it is completely aligned with that where it's like, oh yeah, this is a background character in Gunsmith Cats or whatever. The uh, the opening sequence for this one has uh, a, like a unique set of character designs for everyone, where they're all like kind of like a, a lot more soft. They're like almost like kind of like dolls almost. Yeah, and it's it's just a really cute look for it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I honestly like the the character designs of these are pretty impeccable. Um, I think they do a really good job of playing around with what they what they have uh, with each with each of them. Um, yeah, because it's not the, the traditional Masaki Kajishima designs. They've no. been altered somewhat. They've been simplified a little. And I actually wanted to shout that out because the um, character designer for this OVA, uh, Yoshitaka Kono, uh, passed away in 2022. Oh, so no. I, wanted to, I wanted to bring a highlight to him. Wow. He was uh, an industry veteran. He worked a lot as a key animator and an animation director. 
And I just really like the style he has in these OVAs. It's like a sweet spot between the Kajishima designs and then like the designs you would see like in all the like promo spreads for like magazines and that sort of thing. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's, it's a pretty brilliant like it's a pretty brilliant way to deal with the because like, it's a it's a big ask, right? Like these are characters that are are beloved and you're asking them to like reframe them. And, and that could be like so hard. Like you don't want to you don't want to do it in a way that like makes it seem corny and you don't want to do it in a way that's like, oh, um, you know, like we're we're doing this for fan service or whatever. I, I think like one of the reasons these really work as these like spoofs, right, is because the designs feel right. The designs feel like, OK, yes, this is this is what that would look like um given you know whatever like this is this is this is what you would you would see were you um were you to see like a a tenchi moyo um i don't know for lack of a better word like joke anime yeah like they're 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 a bit more rounded they're a bit more like uh not quite as rigid as the ovas i don't know something about them just really pleasant to me yep i agree absolutely um yeah it's it it just like it feels good it feels like a a good a good match because um, they're not even like that different from Kajishima's actual designs. They're just like a bit more uh, animation friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I like and honestly, it's not even like there. It's not even like oh, I like it because it's animation friendly. Like I, I really just like it because I feel like it brings out a little different part of the characters. Um, yeah, they they feel a bit more personable. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're a lit le- a bit less like uh, I don't know. Well, what's the, what's the way I'm trying to say this? Well, I don't know they're, they're a bit more cartoony, which makes them there's like a toy box quality to them mm-hmm. that makes them feel like extra familiar. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's basically taking all of the all of the space stuff out of it. And, and like, not that I don't like the space stuff, but like it honestly is. It's like, you know, what if we did Tenchi Moyo, but instead of like it being a thing where, um, you know, half of it is about um you know in- ensuring that like uh Tenchi is like married to the space queen or whatever it's like what if we did a thing where it was like the you know they were all at school and 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 the the idea of like a space opera wasn't something that they were worried about um i think i think that just like it it really is quite interesting it, it works like to really i'm trying to think of the best way to say this cuz I, I keep talking around it but like it reframes the, the 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 focus of the of the series in like a really unique and fun way. Um, what if what if my GI Joe wasn't a soldier? What if he was officiating Barbie's wedding? There you go. Time? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good way of putting it because like it is toy box in that regard. Yeah, like you can you can play with these characters. You can kind of like mess around with them. What if like they're they're modular again? Like sort of the word I was looking for earlier. They're like modular characters. They're fun. They they're they're playful. I think part of the reason that really works, too, is because uh, this, uh, these OVAs were done by um, Yosuke Kuroda, the writer, who also did uh, a big chunk of Tenshi Muyo. He works very closely with Kajishima. Oh, wow. Yosuke Kuroda did um, the three true Tenshi Muyo novels based on, Kuroda, uh, based on uh, Kajishima's notes, and I have those, and they're, well, they're something. But Yosuke Kuroda is a really fun writer with a lot of good stuff under his belt um 
uh let's like he he had a stint in um uh, like late 2000s gundam he did uh double o and a lot of the build fighters th- series okay um he did uh, a lot of like ova darlings like um battle athletes um he did the gungrave anime adaptation where it's like a, a gangster story instead of all the things that gungrave is um but uh, perhaps most importantly, uh, he was the the man behind uh, last year and the year before his big hit, Birdie Wing, Girls Golf Story. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Kuroda the God. I love him so much. Birdie Wing rocks. That's like, that's really cool. I was not aware uh, of that. That's that's really neat. The um, The second guy who did a little bit of writing on these, I think he officially i think he's only credited as doing co-writing for the second episode the 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 microsoft windows parody episode <laughs> uh hideyuki karada who uh works with uh yosuke karada on a bunch of stuff uh he's most famous for his work on the reader die animes uh, the ova and the tv show um big thumbs up for me on those i love i love those to death uh he did I'm not familiar uh, with them i'll check them out oh Oh, we could. Ooh, we should maybe do read or die one of these days. <laughs> um, he also did uh, Gun Sword, which is a, a, one of my favorite uh, robot animes. Extremely fun time. It uh, fantastic it, game to boot. Yeah, no, absolutely. It 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 kind of scratches that like space western niche of like your your triguns, your outlaw stars, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, I mean, um, super cool show. Uh, but he's also done um, some stuff for like some Tenchi adjacent material. He wrote the uh, the uh, what is it? spaceship Agarooter, which is uh, one of the many uh, surprisingly many Tenchi universe adjacent hentai shows. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one just has fucking and sex. <laughs> like this one is this one is for perverts. And so I watched it. <laughs> And it's pretty funny. I, I mean, I'm not going to go to bat for it. I'll just put that right on the table. <laughs> I, and why I do not I? endorse Agaruda, but it's kind of funny, and I, I'm glad I watched it. I, I just like it. Really, is like Bilbo putting on the ring. Like, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I get to watch only hentai that you? Uh, it's. It's it's one of those things where it's like, wow, Masaki Kachishima, even in your hentai, you couldn't couldn't not like drop lore nuggets every once in a while. <laughs> every, Truly an that's what everyone's man. watching for. They're all watching for the lore. <laughs> Ooh, baby, they mentioned the Shank Pirate Guild, just like in Tenchi Muyo GXP. Is this a prequel? Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's like uh it's like when you um Oh, it's like it's like uh, when people say they're reading Playboy for the uh, for the articles like this. <laughs> I'm I'm watching the Tenchi hentai for the lore. You don't understand <laughs> the lore and the probably less than up to par English voice dubbing work, which, yes, yes, it was. It's awesome. So absolutely have to hear uh, the, the Tenchi voice actors doing like sex noises. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> My hips are moving on their own. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, my greater point was uh, without there getting is too no distracted. greater point than what you just made. But <laughs> true. But part of the reason the the uh, writing feels so solid is because they have like one of the main Tenchi guys around, and okay. he like has just 
free range to basically just do whatever the fuck he wants with these characters. Well, and they feel, yeah, I mean, that, that helps explain a lot because they really do feel like, okay, like these just are the Tenchi characters you, you know and love. Like, it's not, this is not like a weird Tenchi spinoff where you're like, eh, what's going on here? I don't like this. It, it truly is like, okay, like this is just like, this is, this is Tenchi. Like, you're just, you know this, like you're, you're going to recognize this. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Like, I didn't remember that Kuroda was the writer behind this until, like, after I had sat down with them. And I, because there was a point I remember thinking, like, wow, the writing on this feels like surprisingly on point as far as characterization goes. So when I looked it up and it was <laughs> Kuroda, I'm like, oh, they just let him do one of these. This wasn't just some, some rando project. Okay, rad. <laughs> no, it's, it's really cool. Like, it, it's just a, it's just a neat, it's a neat, it's a neat project in, in, in total. Um, I, I appreciate the level of um, I appreciate the level of of design that goes into uh, Pretty Sammy's transformation, and that goes into um, uh, like the every part of the the enemies <laughs> of Pretty Sammy, yes. for lack of a better word. <laughs> uh, Do you want to talk about the enemies? Yes, let's talk about the enemies of Pretty Sammy. So uh, the 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 major bad guy, I guess, uh, Ramia, the second in line to the Jirai Helm. Oh, I'm sorry. Queen. I thought you were going to talk about the major bad guy, uh, Blob, Ryoko, and I. I, I... <laughs> oh, we'll get there, certainly. <laughs> but uh, Ramia, what, what's your impression of her? What, uh, what's, what's your Ramia thought? I think my Ramia thought is that she is, uh, I mean, as far as a character goes, she's not. Not particularly interesting. Um, she's just kind of—I mean, she's she's basically like uh, she's kind of like Ayaka. Um, she's sort of like an Ayaka Ryoko mashup. Like she has the kind of like huffy frustration of Ayaka, while also having the like the chip on her shoulder that Ryoko has. Um, so she's mad that you know her sister got recognized and she did not. Um, and you know she keeps complaining about the scoring and stuff, which is extremely Ayaka coded. Um, <laughs> that's, that's just what she would do in that situation. Uh, but 100%. she also keeps saying like, you know, I wish it was me. Like I never, like I'm always, you know, passed over, which is also kind of Ryoko coded because with her like attraction to Tenshi and, you know, wanting to, wanting him to be, you know, hers and everything. Uh, so it's sort of like, it's sort of a mashup of a bunch of a bunch of characters. I wasn't like, I can't say I was super excited to learn more about her, but I, I didn't hate her as a, as a villain. She, she gets a lot more time to shine in the, uh, later two episodes. Okay. There, there's some fun elements with her. Is she um, in a magical project S or whatever? Yes. She is one of the elements they do retain. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Ramia and Rumia and Pixie Misa all, all maintain the switch over to magical project. S. Fantastic. That's so important. Um, I'm so glad. I think that really all that we friend. lose in Magical Project S is, um, gosh, uh, Ryoko and Ayaka. Yeah, we, we lose those two. Um, Chihiro, the mom, she's she's no longer in Magical Project S. They, <laughs> oh no, they, I know it's so sad. I love her so much. They they instead give um, Sasami. I think I think she does have a mom who runs a, uh, some sort of record shop, but she isn't a karaoke nut. And this time she has a dad. There is a dad figure this time around. And they're one of those like embarrassingly in love with each other parent archetypes. Uh, it's it's kind of fun though. No, I, like I the know. dad's actually it's fine. It's... 
the dad's like really wacky, like absurdly wacky. Like they've got him doing like Lupin the Third homage poses and shit. Like <laughs> okay. it's good. That does um, rock. Uh, I I don't like them as much as I like uh the funny Chihiro karaoke mom in this though. I love the the karaoke mom because uh because she is essentially like a horrible parent. Um <laughs> just like like just this side of neglectful. Um and there's something about that in the Tenshi Moyo series that uh just works. One of the things that that uh uh, somewhat saddens me is that I I don't think realistically speaking I will ever make you do a uh, second season of Rio Oki podcast. <laughs> but in the second season of Rio Oki, you do meet like the ultimate canonical version of Sasami and Ayaka's mother, and that character fucking rocks. Oh, really? she is such an overbearing mother and she that like, makes a her, lot her of children are her entire world and if you like cross her for even a second she will like destroy your entire life okay it see rocks. that that She's completely so adds up for that character that makes total <laughs> sense to me <laughs> no yeah the mom is so good in rio Oki season two it's unreal uh, Sasami has at least uh, so far two out of three wins for extremely good moms in different media. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's like a. Um, so yeah, there's there's the bad guy. I like I said, I wasn't I wasn't super convinced by her, but I I also do believe that given more time, she could be interesting. Yeah, because because she's got the thing where she's she's got the the relationship with her little brother Rumia, who is the who transforms into a crow and and hypnotizes Misao to become Pixie Misa, and they have a little bit of an interesting relationship because Rumia is a boy who is about Misao's age, so he feels really bad that he has to do his sister's bidding. So there's like some some depth there. It's nice. It's fun. Mm-hmm. There's some good stuff. Yeah. Um. What do we think about Pixie Misa as a character? I, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Pixie Misa. I, I feel like we didn't get a lot of time with her, but I did like her. She was, uh, she was definitely, um, I mean, she was definitely a magical girl villain. I'll say that much for her. <laughs> she, she had that going for her, for sure. Um, everyone loves the, like, uh, the rival character, right? Like, everyone, everyone needs a good Virgil. Everyone needs a good Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, everyone... <laughs> Everyone needs that sort of archetype. You know, the rival fight, uh, always an A-plus in every video game. I love, I love comparing <laughs> Pixie Beast and Virgil. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that adds up. Pixie Misa, the Jetstream Sam of the... Uh, <laughs> the two rivals you come up with are Virgil and Shadow the Hedgehog. That's really good. Am I wrong? No, no. You're, you're explicitly correct. <laughs> and a dark magical girl, uh, especially, is always like a thing people pop off for. Oh, because yeah. that's like, that's the same thing as like, what if there was a fucked up evil Power Ranger and then he also was defeated and became a good guy has always been a thing. Tommy, you mean? exactly yeah we, we all love tommy um no it's it, it is interesting and like i think you know like in real magical girl shows like like um like pretty cure um it it's like it's fun to watch that like it's fun when those kind of characters show up because it, it's like oh sweet like the, the all of a sudden we're gonna we're gonna get like 
a really kind of messed up moment where like we don't know if they're friend or foe or whatever. And I think Pixie Misa really does that quite nicely. Um, it's just, again, she has the sort of same problem where like she doesn't get a ton of time in this episode. Yeah, you learn that uh, as Pixie Misa, her her personality is like a complete 180 of Misao because as Pixie Misa, she's like loud and bombastic and, and willing to be like really <laughs> silly. Also very healthy, can can do a lot of fancy moves. Uh, she speaks French as Pixie Misa for no good reason. Well, the French are notoriously healthy people. Uh, in the Japanese version, Pixie Misa peppers in a lot of gratuitous English, but I like the French angle. It works for the English dub, um, <laughs> especially by the third OVA because of the uh, actress and performance switchover. Debbie Derryberry starts performing the French much more like purposefully bad in a way that really works for the character. I mean, that's very cool that like that makes a ton <laughs> of sense to me. Um I guess she, I, she starts playing Misa like a bit of a valley girl by the end of it. And it works. It works. Sure. No, absolutely. That's like that. That just like that makes a lot of sense for a sort of like. I don't know, a valley girl character, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just she I don't know what to say. She is like I, I think like when, when she initially shows up, there's that dizziness to her. But it is like maybe it's that there were two kind of like. um Two things fighting for dominance in that performance, <laughs> like the yeah. the the kind of like jokery sort of like randomness and the valley girl part. And I, I think like, you know, as little as I as as loath as I am to to admit that any of the changes in uh, Tenshi Moyo uh, voice acting were uh, correct. Uh, I, I, I will say, like, I think it does make a lot of sense to have have that be like a. Okay, we're we're doing we're doing her as a valley girl and not doing do the like the the evil mastermind thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, me, Pixie Misa kind of becomes like the uh, the the major like once an episode enemy by the time of the TV show where she's always the one summoning monsters for Sasami to fight. Good. The good. TV show is plays a lot more tropey. Like they're dedicated like. Like like actual like stock footage of transformation sequence and special attack moves for Sasami to do. Um, as these OVAs go on, they start playing with that kind of stuff a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like by the third episode, Sasami has like a bunch of super moves and attacks that she's pulling out. Um, but this first episode, you just, it's just a taste. Well, and I did like <laughs> I did bit. like how how like you know Sasami tries to do certain things and and Ryo Oki's like no do. Do what magical Sammy would do best. Don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, what what was the transformation phrase again? Super the uh, super duper lucky magical mutation, pretty Sammy. Come on. We've been over this. Yeah, some real some real weird like elements of you have to be you have to be talking about mutation in order for this to work. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't I don't love this, but okay. Uh, I like that her default move name is Pretty Coquettish Bomber. That's that's a good, funny, magical girl special move. Oh, absolutely! Name. Pretty Coquettish Bomber is. Uh, I mean, it it absolutely paints a picture. Um, and then that might be is that is that true that that is kind of like the point of 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 a magical girl thing that it like it paints a picture. Is that fair to say? Um, like like has like a an effect like like sort of says like you know this this special move is my is like i don't know like has like a 
personality to each special move. Within yeah, no, game. absolutely. I would say that okay. for sure. I can I can talk for days about about magical girl special moves. Honestly, <laughs> please do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I think I think like the uh, I don't know the whole the whole I don't know the whole package here is fun. Um, it's interesting to hear that it gets like more fleshed out because like it it is. I keep trying to think of the best way to say this, and like I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not exactly. Um, as coherent as usual, but like part of it is because there's like elements I really like here. And I, I want to be careful. Like, like, like you were saying, Emily, like with like, well, let's not just go ahead and say that this like is good necessarily the discussion of Gnosticism, <laughs> but it exists. Um, and it, it's, it's good that it's there. Like on some level, that's how I feel about certain elements of this. But I also think like there's like the parody gets you to a certain place and like it is funny the way they send up magical girl shows. And it's funny the way that, that Aika and, um, and Ryoko become like the personification of, uh, love sick, uh, and fight against each other is that, because that's very much like even, even my limited, uh, access to magical girl shows, that's kind of what they do right like you sort yeah, of like, no, it slots right in yeah like it's like oh my my emotions have become my my villain uh or or more accurately like the villain of some person who has become the monster i mean similar to you know sentai show too that way um yeah very much so but like, very much cut from the same cloth yeah and then, like i i think like that's fun and it, it speaks to a certain kind of parody but what i like hearing about these other episodes like the later episodes is like it also seems to be there also seems to be this like very I'm trying to think of how to say this, like very careful way that they're trying to thread the needle and do like, yeah, we're we're making fun, but we also want to do like our own thing where it's gonna be Tenchi Moyo, Magical Girl. It's not just gonna be we're using these characters for jokes. This is like our take on magical girl stuff, which yeah, is cool. Yeah. Like it's an interesting ambition. Uh, for for like a thing like Tenshi Moyo to do, like tonally the OVA and the and the later TV show couldn't be more far apart, but like they're built on such a similar like structure mm. that even the first episode of the TV show follows the exact same beats. Sasami's mom needs Sasami to deliver a package from her work to a mansion where Tsunami is waiting and grants her the magical girl powers. And Sasami goes, wow, this outfit's lame. Won't everyone recognize me? (laughs) (laughs) That nightmare where everyone recognizes her is the funniest uh, take I think I've seen (laughs) on the like, why does everyone not recognize Clark Kent thing? Uh, like there's 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 good versions of that where it's like no one recognizes clark kent because like hiding within the obvious is the right thing lois and it's like oh that's that's profound i guess um but this is funny which is better than profound uh so (laughs) very true (laughs) it's it's cooler to be funny (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i uh what else is there to say i uh I don't know. Is there is there any more romance angles in why don't why don't you talk to us about the the next two magical Sammies actually? Why don't you walk us through those briefly? Sure. So uh episode two we'll we'll, we'll run in brief. Um episode two is about the, the major conflict. Uh 
Chihiro, Sasami's mother, uh, has bought a new machine to do karaoke with, and she's very excited about this. This is like the the happiest she's been in a while. I mean, she's always seems like a happy go lucky character, but she's just spent money on her favorite hobby. She's ready, raring to go. They had it all set up for her. She's got the kids in the living room. Like, check this out, honeys. I've got a new toy. Uh, it's a brand new karaoke machine. And then Tenchi looks at it and says, "Mom, that's a." computer <laughs> it's, it's a it's a what <laughs> yeah that's a regular computer mom well can i do karaoke on it well you would need some software can 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 you get me some software so i may do karaoke on it <laughs> well and then she just kind of goes full daffy duck and just has a a big hooting and hollering breakdown so that's what a what a great bit. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. So Sasami and Tenchi are tasked with um, finding some software compatible with this um, OS because it's apparently like the latest and greatest fancy. Um, sure. I think it's called like synchronicity or something. And it's very obviously stylized after like the old Windows logo. Yeah. And like and... I, I, I even picked this up from the read through that like there's a there's a big tech baron and it's like, well, that's gotta be Bill Gates. Like you can't. Yes, absolutely. It's Bill Gates. 100%. Uh, there, there's even a line about like, Oh, well he bought the rights to the software that took over the world. <laughs> like, a lot of really good moments. I would extremely be remiss not to mention the name they have picked for their Bill Gates stand, uh, stand in, which is uh Biff standard. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to create a standardized world, all operating systems working under standard parameters. Biff, conformity no. <laughs> as far as far as the eye can see. <laughs> My world will be normal, peaceful. There will be no gap between the rich and the poor, no racial discrimination, all on a standardized operating system. Kinda. You know, it, it's kind of slow, though. No, it's not. It's not slow. You have to make sacrifices. It's fast. It's so everything can be run well. I mean, you kind of, as I like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be too hip, but he kind of ate with that. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but Biff Standard, uh, extremely funny character. Um, Ramia sees his goal uh, and says, how about I do my magic thing and then we take over the world together? And so they try, but of course they are stopped by the, the might of Pretty Sammy. Yeah, of course. Um, there's some fun um, interplay between like, well, at first Pixie Misa is like uh, on the job because, you know, uh, Ramia summoned her and Ramia has to help Biff standard out. But then once Biff Standard like kind of goes haywire, he starts wanting to like crash the moon into the earth and do a bunch of crazy stuff. So then Pixie Meese is like, this is a bit much for me. Uh, just this once, Sammy, I'll help you. <laughs> and, you know, you get a little um, you get some fun moments of them fighting together as allies. Nice. Um, but then immediately like Rami is like, Misa, what are you doing? Like, no, help help Biff out. Like, what's in it for me? Like, well, uh, do you want a condo? Yeah, condo sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, au revoir, Sammy. I'm, I'm afraid I will have to leave now. <laughs> does, 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 does she ever figure out that it's her friend? No. Oh, wow. At least not in the OVA. Goodness. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about the TV show. I've yet to finish it. That's so sad. Um, poor, poor Sasami. 
<laughs> so uh, another fun thing is that the uh, production uh, shift means that you get a lot more like standard anime voice actors coming in. Uh, so there's okay. Steve Bloom in this one. So he plays a bunch of, he doesn't play anyone <laughs> important, but he plays a lot of bit roles. So you got like Steve Bloom saying lines like, um, how much you want for that software, dude? <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> Just really Everyone good. loves that, though. That's that's what I need. I need that voice in everything. I need Leonardo's voice and stuff. I just need this thing. I... <laughs> uh, Biff Standard plays a very funny, like, all over the place character where, like, he's one minute he's, like, you know, king shit of fuck mountain and no one can stop him. But then once Ramia, like, shows off his magic, he becomes, like, a sniveling, groveling Starscream type. Where he's just like, I need, I need your help, please, please, I'll do anything, I'll do anything, I want to take over the world so bad. Um, <laughs> eventually, there's like he's his ultimate goal is they 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 dip, they dip into some like you know generic uh, conformity. Uh, it's all all will become one, you know, uh, it's the end of Evangelion kind of shit. Yeah, sure. But the way like it's flavored with like '90s tech bubble talk, but ultimately it just sounds like he's wanting to make PlayStation Home. It's very funny. <laughs> I love I love like I love looking back on stuff like they. It's a very small window of time, but that kind of like weird millennial uh, uh, utopianism about uh, tech talk in that period of time is 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 really great to look back on from like a, a position where we are now, where it's like. Oh, that's really funny. Like, <laughs> that's not what happened. <laughs> uh, it's a really fun episode, honestly. The the 90s PC uh, software hardware jokes are surprisingly on point. Uh, the guy playing Biff Standard, John Demita, absolutely kills it with every single line delivery. Badass. Um, extremely fun. Uh, there's a lot of... Like I said, a lot of fun Pixie Misa stuff in that. You get to see her actually like do some of her moves and stuff like that. Uh, this one, I think, runs the longest. I think it's just under 50 minutes, and then episode three dips back down into like 40 or so. Would you say, but, um, even though it's the longest, it is actually a perfect length? No, no, this one drags. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. This one drags. Uh, I still like it, but... Uh, there are parts of it where you're just like, all right, I get the joke, move on. How is how is this story still happening? Um, but it's good though, especially if you like um a lot of like Tenchi being the straight man when Ayaka and Ryoko aren't around, because I don't think they're much in this episode. So it's just Tenchi having to put up with the world around him, this this cartoon setting, and that's pretty fun. Oh, that's always good. I mean, that's just I I eat that up. Like just watching I mean, Tenchi is a perfect sort of fish out of water um, at any given point. Like he never seems to have any water that he's comfortable in. Um, so he can always play straight man. Like he, it, it, like it's his goal specifically to like, we need to get mom a karaoke machine. So she stops going crazy. So he's like trying his best. Like he's going to the black market. Like fifth <laughs> standards already bought out like all the major monopolies and shit. So he's like, you can only get standard synchronicity software. So he's like, Please, I I need my I need my karaoke. <laughs> I'll show you what I got. Come to the back room, <laughs> like that kind of shit. That's oh, so good. <laughs> and and what's what's the third episode? What happens there? The third episode is uh, the strangest on purpose. Okay. So the third episode, I would say, is the one that is trying the hardest to 
play within the trappings of being a serious magical girl episode. Now, it's fully aware it's not a serious magical girl episode, but it's playing within those trappings and just going really hard into the idea of wouldn't it be funny if we made a parody? Mm, interesting. Um, it starts out with this like black and white montage, like only like keyframes basically. It's very stylistic. Um it it almost feels like uh the final episode of Gunbuster a little bit, mm. which is itself somewhat evocative of the Horus Prince of the Sun sequence of the wolves. Mm-hmm. Um they uh like Misa is uh or Misa uh Sasami is battling uh Ramia and Misa like in space suddenly all of a sudden <laughs> there's just like a monster inf- infestation in space like Sasami's narrating like it was an incredible battle but at the end Ramia was struck suddenly away from the battlefield hit with an asteroid and it wasn't until later that I found out where the asteroid had landed and we hadn't heard from Ramia since so things are Things are safe uh, at the Kawaii household at the moment, uh, and they're going to uh, the beach for a vacation. Oh, good. I think it's, um, I, it, I, it's might be a school thing. Um, but, uh, Chihiro and, uh, Mihoshi and Kione are like, uh, the grownups. They're, 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 the, the, the caretakers, I guess. And they're around. And they are very Um, grown up. Very much so, absolutely. They're so responsible and adult, and Chihiro absolutely has not, like, literally bound and gagged the bus tour guide so she could have the microphone to the bus to sing Inca ballads to all the students. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be more monomaniacal characters in anime. Uh, Very much what are, so. What are we doing? What are we doing so. to our beautiful monomaniacal queens? <laughs> um... So they're going to the beach. Uh, Sasami is mad because uh, she had been promised by Tenchi that he would be there with them, but Tenchi never showed up. And so she's she's pouting about that. Sorry, I probably got kidnapped. That's exactly what happened. Mm. So the as soon as like Misao comforts her saying like, oh, don't worry, I'm sure he had his reasons. Immediately we cut to Tenshi himself bound and gagged, being dragged by Ryoko to parts unknown. Hey, I need to get to the beach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um so Sami meets uh, a nice boy who is working at like the hotel they're staying at, and I think he's also like a tour guide or something. So uh he takes a liking to her. He's uh around Tenchi's age, he sort of looks like Tenshi. Mm. So Sasami has a bit of a crush on him. Don't like that. And he's he's very nice. Uh I I definitely get the vibe that he's like just an actually nice guy and not like this is an anime where this guy will fall in love with Sasami. Like, no, he's just a nice older boy who's being nice to this girl. And Sasami I has got... the, that. I mean, that's certainly reasonable. Like the the idea of like, okay, like kid has a crush on on an older person because that does happen. Like, yeah. As long as I it's got not like zero red flags I'm, from this guy. Like, I I'm sorry if I'm I'm sorry if people are listening and getting annoyed with me for being like rigid about this but it, it it always skews me out a little bit when anime is like loose with this kind of stuff no yeah absolutely because pretty sammy especially the ova um it, it skirts that line because the um the opening song for all three episodes it has some like weirdly sexualizing portions with with sasami oh, yeah. like when she's transforming and when she's posing like 
There's just there's there's some some traditional anime skeeviness that's not great. Not not huge about that. Don't love it. And, yeah. You know, there's there's the um nebulous magical girl nudity thing as well, which like it honestly like in Sailor Moon or something it's fine, but this definitely feels like because it's just they don't like dress it up or anything. Yeah. It's just weird nude sasami with not quite as much detail but it's still flesh toned so it kind of feels like weirdly leery um, yeah. it's not great like there are elements of this that aren't great no so i agree and i don't think there is anyone would should really like <laughs> would, would would rub up against you saying i don't know about this one she yeah you're being, absolutely you're being a prude <laughs> <laughs> no you're probably right like this is not this is not my most controversial take by any by any means but like you know it it's it is interesting because I, I definitely don't feel that way about Sailor Moon or like even like like I said, like even like Pretty Cure, I, I don't think is like too skeevy. And I think part of that is because like Pretty Cure doesn't go as all in and Sailor Moon mm. is older. Um, right. So, I mean, there's, you know, whether or not that's reasonable or not, that's sort of like where where I'm at, where I think anyone who's like watching this from uh, like a contemporary western perspective is probably going to end up with it's like this is a little bit much um but yeah and even then like those properties are like targeted to like i mean sincere like four or five year old little girls mm -hmm. whereas tenshi muyo is hardcore in the otaku space to where <laughs> you know you are going to 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 attract some less than less than great lolicon elements into this sort of thing i'm i'm shocked to find <laughs> to find <laughs> uh lollicon here in my otaku space um <laughs> shocked i say uh yeah no i mean that 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 totally makes sense and like it, it it does explain sort of or it helps contextualize some of the reasons i was feeling a little a little skeeved about it because like honestly you know this skirts it and but like it really does skirt it in the way that you're like it's not it's not saying anything like it really really is like that that like we're not touching you, we're not touching you, we're not touching you thing. Uh, but I can't be offended at it, but I can still make the Marge noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such awful hair. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. 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 I agree. Um, I think that's a perfect way of putting it because it really is like it's like okay, listen, I I get that no line was crossed, but it feels like they kind of knew a line was there to be crossed, which my guard is up. Yeah, which I'm feels not relaxed. Bad. Yeah. It's like, if you know <laughs> about the line to be crossed that I really don't mm -hmm. trust you as much. But yeah, in this case, like, um, the, the boy she has a crush on, I thought it was totally fine. And I even thought like, I was actually a little impressed by it because it sort of does a bit to like soften the fact that she's got a thing for Tenchi in mm. this. Because Tenchi in this is her brother, right? Yeah. But if she finds a boy who reminds her of Tenchi, like someone who, you know, gives off that big brotherly feel, but isn't a big brother, but is like her big brother, that's a much more healthy crush for a girl her age mm -hmm. to have. Yeah. And like, obviously, I get that these are adult men writing this. You didn't have to write it this way. But as far as like story contrivance goes, I think that's good. I, I think that's a smart uh, uh, way to do this. It's yeah. a nice little storyline for her. No, I agree. And I, I, you know, it's, it is that, that, that makes me feel a little better about that. I, I still think that it is a weakness of the Tenshi Moyo series that they see it. They see some sort of necessity to pair him with everyone everyone that's a little weird and like does not make sense to me but 
on the other hand, like, you know, listen, I'm, there's not going to be, this is, this is a very interesting and fun series. It's not meant to like, no one's saying it's a perfect series. Like, mm-hmm. come on. It's not. To make things even funnier is that this guy that's um, being very nice to Sasami, uh, Kione is infatuated with him, love at first sight, because he's kind of handsome, and he just ignores her entirely. She is summarily rejected, and Mihoshi's like, Mihoshi roasts Kione so bad for this, and like, Kione just has this despair moment where she just falls into Mihoshi's arms, just, not again, I've been rejected again, and uh, I just... For the record, uh, Kione's hand is directly cupping one of Mihoshi's boobs. Like, there's just, they don't need, there's, it's explicit. It's just there. I have to point that out. So, do you think that uh, she's actually subconsciously causing these rejections in order to fall further into the arms of Mihoshi? Well, uh, if you'll read my fanfic, I think you'll find that <laughs> it's, it's more of it's more of a treatise than a fanfic, but. Uh... <laughs> I think I think you'll I think you'll find that there's a lot of information there that would be really helpful. <laughs> if you look closely at the Google Doc, I can tell you all about it. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad that that's there. Uh, I would I would be really I would be really sad if if that was not uh, something that we all could we all could enjoy together. So uh, to to make a long story short, uh, this boy isn't a real boy. He's an alien blob from space. Ah naturally um isn't it always the way the asteroid or meteor or whatever that uh hit ramia in the prologue uh turns out to have been like filled with some alien like parasitic life forms they're like little jelly blobs and like once they come into contact with something they like borrow the traits of that thing Mm -hmm. okay so real body snatchers vibes yeah, so but but the original bodies are intact. Okay. Like they're not harmed in any way. So uh Sasami uh, has been dealing with like an increase of monsters because there's a sorcerer around, this evil sorcerer guy who's been like causing trouble. And because Ramia hasn't been around, this is the first like monster sighting in quite a while, so they're like confused by that. And there's this sort of subplot where we see the audience sees um Ramia is like hanging out in this beach house, but she's lost her memory and she's being cared for by this guy. Um, and she's turned into like a very normal, very like pampered, like lady. I don't know. It's, it's very funny. I've seen this archetype before. Just like the, the, the somewhat melancholic girl, uh, taking, taking walks around the beach. Like, okay. It's, okay. it's good. Um, all of this is like compounded with, uh, back on like Jirai Helm, Tsunami has been very worried because uh, she likes Ramia quite a bit because Tsunami and Ramia have some very funny comedic chemistry together. Oh, of course. Um, and Rumia is quite worried because he has not seen his sister in a while and he like stumbles upon her diary where she's like talking about how much she uh, is worried for Rumia's safety because originally Rumi is like, ha ha, no big sister. I can do whatever I want. But once he <laughs> finds a diary, he starts getting guilty because she's praising him in a diary. So he's like, I've got to go find her immediately. And then like the wind blows over the next page. And it's basically just an entire page saying not. (laughs) (laughs) So that's good. I like that quite a bit. That's really funny. Um, so basically the sorcerer turns out to be the guy who is also caring for Ramia. 
uh, because the Sorcerer 2 is one of those parasitic blob guys. He touched Ramia, therefore he absorbed Ramia's, like, magic powers and hatred of uh, Sasami and, like, the need to win Jirai Helm. So, like, once he conquers Earth, he's going to attack Jirai Helm. So that's real bad. It's not good. Sasami's in quite a pinch there. And Rumia, who has been trying to find Ramia, uh, actually like activates Misa of his own volition this time, which is like a thing for him because he likes Misao. So he's, he feels bad about hypnotizing her. So he oh. has like, this whole conflict of character there. I don't know. There's a weird amount of depth to their relationship, their relationship that I, I quite like. I'm glad Misao also gets a slightly inappropriate relationship that we can. <laughs> she deserved it. She, she was so sick the whole time. I felt bad for her. And, and, and it kind of checks out because at least Rumia is Misao's age. He's yeah, just also a, yeah, a I guess, bird I guess creature. That's, that's pretty unfair for me to say that. It's like, it's not He's like, it's not bird, like they're though. five. They're, like, yeah, they're supposed to yeah. be like 12. Plenty of, um, plenty of preteen romances out there that people have written about. So this is where we get like a lot of um, Sasami and Misa getting to team up and take care of each other. Nice. Um, More of that. And yes. like, doing a lot of uh, like double attacks and combinations and that kind of thing. Uh, very fun. Um, the sorcerer guy is having a blast. He is like so absurdly evil for no good reason. <laughs> he's like a young man, too. So he's like got a lot of energy. Um <laughs> It's, it's not like an old man sorcerer, but it's like a, just a what an odd some... thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's I, I guess he's supposed to be like the the same age as the nice young guy the uh, that Sasami has a crush on because I guess they're like from the same blob or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, I was I was this re- episode's I, fucking out of control. I was reading <laughs> the plot synopsis of this and I was like. Okay, I I must you know it, it must be one of those things where I have to actually see it because like I all, all this blob stuff makes no sense. It's so weird. It keeps saying like I feel like it just says the word blob over and over. Like that can't <laughs> possibly describe this episode. It's like, no, like Washu's the one who finds it all out because they have to shoehorn Washu in here somewhere. So she's like the science person. She finds like a blob and it touches her, so it becomes a really pompous smart crab. Oh, one thing we didn't mention about Washu, I thought Washu's bit in um, Papa Smart Crab's really funny. Uh, I think Washu's bit in the in the uh, the first episode where she shows up and they all think she's a child. Um, and she, yes, she, that was good. She gives like a, a sob story about like, oh, my parents were thieves and then uh, my my sister was killed. And <laughs> they're all like, oh, my God, Tenshi, help move this woman's stuff. Uh, this child stuff that they, they get to school at the end. She's like, I'm your teacher, actually. Um, I, th- I really like that when Mihoshi parrots the story back, she gets every detail wrong. Yes. It's really good. Like, oh, Tenshi, you, you weren't here for it. This, this is Washu. She was telling us that 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 her her parents were sick and, and some thieves uh, were were uh, uh uh, they also got sick and there was some <laughs> money and it's it's so terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great um yeah no it's it's just like it's a it's a really funny little 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 joke and so i'm glad i'm glad smart washu is uh it, it continues to show up well, washu really works as a mission control like yes. i know i said earlier that I, I don't quite like all the stuff they do with washu she's not my favorite and that's reasonable but 
in a lot of in a lot of these when when she is like the like hey gang it's time to get serious i figured out what we have to do and here's what we're gonna do i think she works really well in that role like she she's like the driving force between like the two major portions in like two of the really good tenchi muyo movies Mm. so i gotta give her credit there yeah i mean that makes sense it's it's sort of like it 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 i don't know like i think Mission control characters like that are not always the most fun, especially in like zany kind of uh, shows like this. Like you always, you're always gonna want a Mahoshi, not a not a Washu mm-hmm. in that way. And I think sometimes it gets annoying because like you know they, you can sort of see the creators overcorrect and create like okay, well now we're gonna do really zany Washu, but like and that's never all that fun. But I think you're yeah. you're totally right that like. She does serve a pretty important role, and like I, I forgot about her when I started watching this. I remembered everyone else, and then Washu showed up. I was like, "Oh yeah, Washu." Um, and to be fair to you, Washu did only show up in like the last two episodes. Oh of the yeah, OVA. no, she did not make a uh, a tremendous. Um, she did not make a lot of uh, impact. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think like, you know, once she shows up, it's like okay, I get why she has to be here. Like, I do get it. Um, mm-hmm. it, like it does, it does clarify quite a bit about, about, um, you know, everyone's role and stuff. So she's the one who figures out, uh, the, the, the blob stuff. Um, so, something happens to where, um, Misao or, or Pixie Misa and, uh, pretty Sammy get separated. Uh, and then that eventually like, Misao gets overpowered, so she like detransforms. So Sammy finds um Misao injured, and so like now Sammy is like, you know, I'll never forgive them. This means war, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, sure. So there's like one last desperate battle. Um, we find out like Sasami finds out that the boy she likes was actually a blob creature. The boy gets tragically murdered. But naturally, um, yeah, that makes sense. Sasami is quite upset by this. Life's hard. Um, Sasami has to learn. All magical girls girls learn that life is hard at some point. Very much so. Uh, there's a point where, um, like, uh, Sasami's been overpowered and she's knocked unconscious. So Ryo Oki activates like the last uh, last bastion of defense, where Ryo Oki transforms into a humanoid boy and. Um, like gives her like a special like secret final power up or something. Hmm. And there's like there there's been some talk of like the one the one who Sasami really loves and um the blob the blob boy figured out that it was Ryo Oki of all people for some I was reason. gonna guess that that was a thing. I that's that's odd. Um I mean it matches the sort of like, you know, we're from two different worlds. We can't uh hmm. we can't make it work kind of thing that, you know, shows up in a lot of uh tropey fiction but uh also weird to weird to make the love interest ryooki given that like we've sort of been around ryooki enough that it's like i don't know man that doesn't quite <laughs> doesn't quite work um it works for the magical girl parody they're doing i'll grant them that it does. as far as casting ryooki as a love interest yeah i, I mean the the flaw in it is that ryooki is already a known quantity so like it's, right right it's like we all know the cabot like that's like you sold us all those plushies like what are what am i supposed to think about it now <laughs> It doesn't map as seamlessly as Ayaka student council president. Right. That's like, that's a character that we were like, oh, yeah, of course she would be that. Um, Ryo, Ryo, Ryo Oki, love interest. 
does not make a ton of sense to me. I, I will say Rio Oki spaceship makes more sense to me than Rio Oki love interest. <laughs> uh, take that as you will. But um, Sasami is nice and powered up, but uh, Rio Oki vanishes before she uh, she fully wakes up. So she just only sees this this figure, this this humanoid figure. No idea who it is, but she uses the last of her power, this new brand new power to transform into like super pretty Sammy or something like that. She gets a brand new outfit. Naturally. Um, I, I think the sequence is sort of supposed to be a, a, a an homage to the Sailor Moon uh, crisis makeup thing where she becomes Super Sailor Moon because it's got like a that's like a famously brief sequence. And this this kind of has that same pacing to it. What is uh what is why is it a crisis? Why is it a crisis makeup? Because she only wears it when like there's a big crisis. Yeah, like at least in the first season, she gets the Super Sailor Moon power. It's like she only uses it like right before using the move that kills the monster like she doesn't transform straight got it okay Sailor this Moon. is this is the megazord moment um yeah basically yeah i love i love that like i guess one of the reasons this like this works for me as like kind of a, a parody of of magical girl stuff is because um i feel like tenchi's smart enough to know that there's no good reason for a lot of these uh like the the kind of like not tropes, but like, you know, standard moves in, in magical girl stuff to actually work. Um, because like, it, I mean, it's the same thing as like when, when I remember when power Rangers, uh, was, uh, big, it, like when I was a kid, like one of the main things that people would ask would be like, well, and like, I would ask it, like, why don't they just do the Megazord first? And, and the answer is you couldn't make a, uh, a 30 minute episode that way. Um, and you need to, uh, and I, I think right. like, I think like one of the things that, that, Pretty Girl Sammy and and the Mahoshi special kind of get right about the the things they're making, you know, they're kind of teasing is that like, yeah, they work because that's just like how it's done. Like that's part of it's part of what it is. Um, and like there doesn't have to be a good reason for it necessarily. Mm -hmm. You just got to lean into it. Yeah, that's, right. That's just how you do. Yeah, it. no, that's right. That's exactly right. They absolutely lean into it. And like, I don't know, in a way that makes it really fun. So Sasami um, beats the ultimate villain, defeats him for real. Oh, um, thank goodness. And uh, Ramia gets her memory back and Rumia gets his sister back and everything goes back to normal. Pixie Mies is like, you know, uh, next time we meet, we'll we'll be enemies again. Farewell. Au revoir. <laughs> um, so as they're getting back onto the bus to go back home, um, Sammy is pretty sad because she had the crush on the boy and dead. doesn't know where the boy went because he 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 died while she was like unconscious. Oh, and he sure he told Rio Oki like tell Sasami like even though I was just a blob boy uh, that the feelings were real and that I I quite enjoyed my time with her and um, <laughs> so Sasami eventually sees uh, the real boy that I guess the blob touched. And she's like trying, like, well, where were you? I was so worried. And he's like, I, I think you got the wrong guy. Oh, no. There, a... So Sasami gets a bit of like wistful regret as she travels back home with, with only a few good memories. And uh, it's it's got that nice, like, bittersweet end of magical girl season feeling to it. And I really like that. I really like that even in this parody show, they capture that specific essence of magical girl show. Very good. <laughs> 
Why? What in your in your estimation? Why are why are all magical girl shows so wistful? Is that is that just being part mm. of being a magical girl? Or a, I guess I guess there's just a lot of emotional yearning. I don't mm. know. I guess I guess when you make comics for girls, it's inevitable that that girls will just daydream and fantasize. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Even if it is about like kind of losers like tuxedo mask. <laughs> uh, the best parts of Sailor Moon are when Usagi is really sad that she'll have to keep being Sailor Moon. It's great. Are those the best parts, really? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Uh, uh, there's some of the really, really good parts, like in uh, at, at the end of Sailor Moon R, or the like, the first arc or whatever, where she's like has to realize like oh like i have my memories back like i could have been a normal girl like i wanted this whole time uh, and now i have all this all this uh responsibility back oh like i get it i guess it's the right thing to do i get it i mean like it, it's sort of it, it it's a lot like the superhero angst like the if only i could stop being spider-man thing but with like mm. romance mixed in too yeah yeah basically all right yeah, okay mystery solved for me thank you uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, this is good. Um, I've always it, it's one of those things that I, I know it's like it's a series that it's a, a sort of like genre that I should know better and like has like cultural cachet that I'd like to know more about. But uh, I just never, never found my way into it. Um, I have enjoyed uh, playing Danganronpa V3 for the for the show with with Sam. And uh, uh, one of the characters in V3 is this like. He's the ultimate entomologist, and he's he's hanging out in the most recent chapter with the ultimate cosplayer. And uh, she says at one point, she's like, "Oh wow, like you know, you're such a gentleman. Um, you should get a tuxedo." Um, and he's like, "Yes, that's essential for a gentleman." She goes, "And a mask." And he's like, but "Why?" <laughs> like, oh, I know why. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it was it was a nice moment. Um, <laughs> Well, anything, anything we missed on these, anything, anything you, you feel like we, we need to address before we, uh, shuffle off, uh, the Tenshi coil for, for a minute or two. Um, let's see. Take a look back at my notes here. Oh, uh, the third episode, um, that was the one that gets really into giving Sasami like special moves. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just want to shout out the, uh, pure otaku brain on this. Um, at one point she, she gets the, the ability to fly, um, of course. like the, the, the like back ribbon on her like outfit, like extends to be like jet wings basically. And she calls it her pretty wing. And, uh, that is an homage to, uh, I, I guess devil man specifically had the devil wing ability that he would use in the TV show, wow. but like that general cluster of like. Gona guy stuff where Mazinger had the jet scrander that he would have and get a robo would have the getter wing and <laughs> shit like that. So it's like the otaku brain to give pretty Sammy like the seventies robot guy or like, you know, Gona guy character, uh, flight mode. I thought was pretty awesome. Incredibly funny to give pretty Sammy any sort of devil man move. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, if only she had the devil ear, the devil beam. <laughs> love that sammy needed a beam i'm just gonna be honest with you i think she might get a beam in the tv show good because you're right um, she does need a beam all magical girls she, have beams right 
she also has um like a, a home run attack where she uses her magical girl wand to like bat an energy yes. baseball away yes, from her because she's which very very kiryu kazama of her yes uh which i also think um given the like intro sequence being so like reminiscent of gunbuster episode six that i think is a reference to an attack that gunbuster didn't actually end up having the buster home run which they allude to in like one shot of the show but is in like uh action figures and video games that's really funny so it's like that's a if, if that's what they're going for that's a super deep cut and i appreciate that it's like a uh yeah it's like it's like a a a a rumored kind of thing that's just like everyone yeah i'm trying to think of a good example of this but yeah that's that's always the best it's always the best to be like yeah this is like where this this occurred uh in in like you know season two for one shot and then on these uh action figures and everyone's like god i hope they bring that back in the movie like it, it would be so referencing tight. the things that they didn't do but we yeah. know that they planned on doing them like that's I love that shit. Yeah, it can go bad when, like, when you get, like, uh, when, like, you know, you see the, uh, like, the Flash movie did the Nicolas Cage Superman, and it's like, all right, well, yeah, there's yeah, only that's so much goodwill I can have. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's a great example, too. Uh, but, like, you know, it it usually rocks. Like, <laughs> it's usually For great. real. Like, for real. Let's not, let's not, let's not be too cool for school here. It's, it's fun to, to be in the know. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, um, I like uh, Rami as voice actress, Susan Brecht, who literally does not have a blue link to her name. I don't know anything about her, <laughs> uh, but I, I think she did a really good job of playing that kind of aggrieved put upon uh, villainous character. Uh, she also plays Rumia, so she's she's the older sister and the little brother. Oh. And I didn't know it. I think that's cool. Yeah, good I would her. never have picked that up. Wow, that's that's a. Uh... That's some impressive voice uh, acting, not even not even a pitch shift, just a, a totally different voice. Like for someone who doesn't have a blue link to her name and I assume probably never worked on anime again. I feel like somehow she immediately like just picked up on the, like every trope of anime that that character would go through and put in like the ideal performance. It's really? Nice. I was very impressed. Yeah, by I'm her. super impressed by that. Um. The the nice boy slash evil wizard from the third episode. Uh, I wanted to shout out uh, Andrew Philpott is the voice actor. Uh, he goes crazy as the evil sorcerer. He's got a great amount of evil anime villain contempt. He also doesn't have that many roles, but he was D in Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. Wow. And that rules. That's really cool. I loved Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. I mean, who doesn't? But like... <laughs> And that's such a different performance, too. Like, that guy has crazy range. Yeah. I wish to do more anime, Andrew Philpott, if you're still in the biz. Yeah, what's his, is it, does he have an IMDb page? Let's see. I'm going to find him via Bloodlust, because I don't know how to spell Philpott. Um, oh, cool. Uh, Airbender live-action uh, movie uh, TV show is coming out. I didn't know that that was happening, and it's depressing I and think weird they just put out some in, information about that today or yesterday or something it's fantastic i can't wait to see how that is um boy a lot of these Let's people see. on bloodlust have pictures and like okay so okay the last thing he did was final fantasy 12 um i mean people like that one, oh yeah right? he was in uh well i mean i don't know if he's still alive or not um it's not clear 
Oh, he was in an episode of Frasier. He played a oh, waiter. Um, additional voices for Spawn. Uh, let's see. Rain the Conqueror, Final Fantasy X, Ninja Scroll, the series. Oh, man. The, that, those are some winners. The, the beloved. Oh, Gen 13. Wow. Oh, man. Chronicles of Riddick. Dude, I haven't thought about Gen 13 in a long time. No. That's like like some lost knowledge right there for me it's just like i am not familiar with this but i'm looking at it and going yeah this seems like something i'd want oh my god jim lee wrote it that's that's impressive oh. i hmm. i don't know if i would trust jim lee <laughs> wow the voices uh, include uh flea of the red hot chili peppers playing someone named grunge and mark hamill playing someone named threshold chloris leachman's in this Oh my God, uh, E.G. Daly, Corey Burton, John Demita. He was in Pretty Sammy episode two. Debbie, Debbie Barry. Oh, there's She's Debbie Barry. Yeah. Did they? Just... Oh, Jack Fletcher. He's the voice director for Pretty Sammy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Surprising. Yeah. This is production posse's. Who knew? Oh my God. Yeah. This. Uh... Wow. That's um. That's exciting to remember. This. It's uh. Really sort of upsetting, but but interesting, I guess. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so... Kevin Altieri directed that? He did a lot of Batman the Animated Series. I knew I recognized that name. I knew I recognized that, yeah. Let's see what else he directed. Um, I hope everyone's enjoying our IMDb jumping here. This is the the most fun thing you can do. People talk about Wikipedia jumping, and I agree, it can be fun. IMDb jumping is just so good. Um, All right, shut it down. He did uh, the fucking music video for "Do the Evolution." Let's that's go. The that's that's so the best good. one you could ask for. That is so good. That music video rocks. Oh, that is the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's even what he's best known for, according to IMDb, <laughs> which is so good. He's like he he was the art. He's in the art department for "Mask of the Phantasm." Oh man. Yeah, oh, yeah he even worked on, on the new Harley Quinn Justice show League stuff. Wow. But just Scooby. Oh, he did the somehow. NFL cartoon. <laughs> Storyboarder on he did Jackie the NFL Chan cartoon. Adventures. He, he also worked on a, a uh that that pup that racist puppeteer show uh called Ahmed Saves America. <laughs> whatever that oh. guy's name is. Wow. There were 41 episodes. Oh, he storyboarded for fucking robot jocks. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> And Robotech 2, the Sentinels. What a hero. Boy, this is this is serious. Wow, Michael Irvin was in 10 episodes of NFL Rush Zone. <laughs> what, <laughs> what is going on? Wow. This rules. This is this is really cool. Rich Eisen was in a, uh, cartoons rock. <laughs> animation. Cartoons animation is rock. so important. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 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 the that's the end of Pretty Sammy. Cartoons rock. Cartoons rock. They're just so good. Uh, Emily, thanks for being here. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me. I'm still over at, uh, at X, the website formerly known as Twitter. Oh, the, on, yeah, uh, everyone loves that place. At Space Queen Emily. Uh, if you want to hear me talk some more, hey, I was recently uh, invited by my friend Ethan uh, for a podcast he's a part of. Uh, the Bomb Squad Productions did a podcast on Godzilla Minus One, where I was part of their roundtable and we had a really good time. Very nice. 
uh, Godzilla minus one, an incredibly good Godzilla film, uh, as good as everyone you've heard says, uh, would recommend. Uh, I'm thinking about trying to catch it again now that they're doing the uh, Godzilla minus one minus color showings. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, but that was a great discussion. Uh, you can find it at Bomb Squad Productions on YouTube and they're on um, you know, Spotify, wherever else. Uh, they do really great stuff. I've been watching them for a while. Uh, highly recommend that. Checking out. Nice. Okay, yeah. Go check that out. Uh, if you give me the link, if you DM me the link, I can, uh, I'll put that in the in the old show notes. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, well, great. Yeah, I'm going to go listen to that. Um, and hopefully the Academy listens to it. And we get a Godzilla minus one Academy award. Best podcast <laughs> for featured products. <laughs> that's the, that's the one I'm hoping they get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emily. Well, uh, I will, uh, the, the audience doesn't know this until right now, unless they listen to the end here, but we'll be talking again very soon uh, with, with, uh, with a, a broader cast of, of guests uh, on something totally different. So uh, that will be really fun. Yes. Look forward to yeah, that. Look forward to that. Forward the, to that. That's, that's your hint. And um, the vague zone. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm super looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we'll do that soon. And um, talk to you soon. All right. I had a great time. Thanks for letting me bring uh, one last bit of tension into your life. Last bit? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.